Nick went down. Unbelievable. Yes, yes, that's actually and is now OOP, as they say in dog racing, out of picture. In terms of the college football championship, there, there would be almost uh, no way that uh, these uh, committee people, even if they bring back Condoleezza Rice and uh, she accepted bribes from Jose Suleiman, there would seem to be no way that you could somehow work Alabama back in the equation. Is there with two losses? And, and, and possibility that uh, they would have four losses on the seat. Well, you can't. You can't say that because they won those games. And your man Jimbo, what what's he on? Like a nine-game losing streak? That, that's unbelievable. Jimbo Fisher. I don't know how much they lost in a row. They have not played well the entire year. Jimbo, like they're talking, his bio's like fifty million, and they're considering. Like that's how bad they're. Imagine that. Fifty million dollars they're going to give this cat to fail. Wow, wow. Did we all make some bad career choices? We should have just been failing college football coaches. The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. All right. We're all still here. That's the beauty of it. Uh, morning, everybody. On a fine Thursday, Jeff DeForest, Mike Louie Lubitz, the uh, Depot Show here in South Florida Live. And uh, we're going to treat today's edition of the program as sort of a prelude to our Degenerate Friday show because uh, we just got word, a late scratch of uh, Dave Gurgles Gurgly on the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. I will toss out for you trivia fanatics, and, and we appreciate you guys following the show. It's been uh, over 25 years now that we've been doing the show. Uh, started uh, out of desperation, as a lot of good ideas uh, are sprouted from desperation. Complete and total financial desperation Yes, was the reason that the Trivia Challenge got started. And uh, it was originally known as the Sony Sports Showdown. And we had a friend that we used to see at the track, and he told me he had some uh, marketing money from Sony. And he said, hey, listen, uh, come up with an idea and we'll spend it. And uh, it wasn't a ton of cash, but uh, we certainly appreciated it. And uh, we had been shut out. It was weird. There used to be uh, a lot of politics and infighting in the South Florida racing scene or on the South Florida racing scene. And for some reason, we got shut out at the time by uh, Gulfstream Park from a minor advertising package. It was the premier racetrack at the time. Hialeah was kind of starting to get the political shaft and they were always getting the later dates. At that time, Luby, uh, there was a big battle on if you operated in January and February as a racetrack. Naturally, you were benefiting because the snowbird period, snowbird yep. period was, was much more confined back in the day. Yeah. And then uh, you had a little carryover into uh, March and April, but that was known as the spring dates. And it was like a springboard to financial rating <laughs> by comparison I mean, to the January and February thing, which, uh, you know, it, it didn't matter what track was open. People were going to be going there because yep. they, they loved the South Florida racing scene at the time. Yep. Yep. So um, uh, Gulfstream uh, had, had a marketing director who decided that the way to attract degenerate racing fans and, and breed new fans, if you will, uh, was to uh, have petting zoos. At concerts of has-been <laughs> rock bands that nobody wanted to hear anymore that were completely irrelevant. And so he started doing that. And what used to happen was uh, literally the betters would trample these people on their way to the windows because they weren't moving. They would, like, pitch a tent in the back where, uh, you know, what, what would it be? Like sticks or, you know, some some band that they were like, those guys are still alive. Unbelievable. Whoa. No Unreal. <laughs> those guys are still alive. Sit me free. <laughs> Why don't you be? And you hear that on the backside while everybody else, uh, you know, the degenerate sickos like me were watching the races. Oh, my God. And uh, literally, it would be like, I, I felt badly. You would, like, be trampling little kids on your way to get a bed in. <laughs> so we're there at the petting zoo. Oh, look, a goat. 
<laughs> the 10 ball ran like a goat. What are you talking about, kid? Oh Get out of my, my way. I got to bet down on the 11th here. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, guy, uh, you know, and uh, his name was uh, David Rovine, I believe. Uh, and uh, why, why would that stick out? I'm getting like Mayo. I'm starting to, like, bring up things uh, very easily where there might have been. There was no grudge involved in this because I, I thought it was ridiculous. You're frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Polyman and I were the only guys that really outside of Eddie Kaplan and, and I guess Hank that uh, mentioned horse racing, which was a big part. I mean, uh, the South Florida sports scene wasn't comprised of the major sports fanfare that you get in a lot of other big cities. We didn't have anything at that time. Uh, we had the Miami Dolphins. You had the Hurricanes were rolling. And so they uh, maybe that's why we're so obsessed with talking about them, because uh, at the time of their prominence, yeah, they were great. They, they were they were it, man. I mean, uh, it was Marino and, and the Canes in the very next sentence. Wow. Did you see the Canes game? People were talking about when they were a national story because of. All the uh, stuff surrounding them, they were national. Like They were a national well, yeah. story. Well, and, and they also had an element of serendipity to them, especially since that first championship we talked yeah. about a lot with Tony yesterday. I mean, uh, think about that. They beat Nebraska yeah. and then overcame and climbed over, I believe, four other teams to get the top vote in the polls. And uh, a lot of that was triggered by Pat Ty-Dye with Auburn going for a tie. And then uh, it was very interesting. I, I don't know if that moved or influenced Tom Osborne to go for two in that spot. But um, that was one of those cases where a guy made a move that a lot of people would say, hey, what a stupid move, man. All he had to do is get the extra point. We had a national championship wrapped up. But competitive spirit had some balls and said, hey, if we're going to win this thing, let's win it. Yep. And I uh, went for two on that uh, two point conversion. I, I did, they didn't have uh, overtime back then. Also, no, right? no. the games did end at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't, no have team, right? they didn't have overtimes, and ties happened somewhat often, yeah. Quite frequently, yeah. I mean, and there were two, possibly two giant ones on that final day of the season. And fortunately, Osborne went for the two, and the rest is history. But but it's interesting because, you know, the Canes started out as sort of a Cinderella story yep. at the beginning of their, you know, long run of excellence. And then later sort of, you know, became a very divisive element yep. where you either loved them or you hated them. The criminals. And and, and they kind of dug that whole idea that, uh, you know, well, well, we're going to come into your territory. We're going to beat the crap out of your football team and steal your girls <laughs> on the way to the bus. <laughs> the swagger. They invented swagger. Swagger, yes. man. Jimmy's book. It's going to be great. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, it, it was it was a great period of time uh, here in South Florida. But high line and, horse racing was a big part of it. Like yeah. we didn't have pro sports like high line horse racing were huge. Joey Cornblit was a well-known athlete in town. Now, if you mention Joey to somebody that uh, moved here 10 years ago, they're like, Joey, what, what was he, have a pizzeria? <laughs> Who's Joey? Joey's. <laughs> guy was uh, an idol. He was up there. I, he wasn't quite Dan Marino, but, uh, you know, you, you knew of him. Aziz, some of these guys that were absolutely fantastic. And, and the horse racing scene was dynamite here. I mean, it really was. And, and the world's focus was very much on, especially the uh, track that had the middle dates. Uh, the, uh, you know, the midwinter dates, yep. uh, the, I, I guess they were, they were the winter dates they were called. Winter. Um, so, so that, that was a big, big deal, but, uh, yeah, the trivia challenge was born out of desperation. The guy Rovine says, uh, yeah, forget it, man. Why would we advertise on a horse racing show? And we're like, well, cause, uh, we're the only people talking about your sport. <laughs> we actually, you know, managed to, uh, you know, uh, work a, a deal out where we had an hour's worth of time to talk about horse racing exclusively. Wow. On a major radio station, even though it was like middle of the night, it's still, I mean, uh, back then you actually had an overnight guy yep. doing live radio from like midnight to five in the morning. Yep. Imagine that was a shift. I know. 
when I that started, was a shift they gave you if uh, they weren't happy that you still had a guaranteed contract, but uh, they wanted you to quit. How about overnight, Stefo? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I could do something in that slot. Exactly. You got the lunatics out there. You got the drunks. <laughs> so when he said, uh, hey, uh, listen, uh, you know, we, we can't support this uh, horse racing nonsense. Uh, the Polyman and I pivoted naturally out of desperation and said, yeah, guess what? We have a trivia show now. <laughs> and that was it. So I'm going to toss out a trivia question for our trivia freaks out there. This might be too easy, Luby. I think oh, even you get this, even though you're not really a big hockey trivia guy. But Ovechkin, every time he scores a goal, seems like he's setting another record. He's uh, erasing the name of another legend from the record book. Although, you know, the guy still sits there in second place. So I'm going to toss this out. You can answer it on the chat line. Please don't look it up. Gurgles. <laughs> Not that I knew this I off the top of my head. But, uh, <laughs> Please don't look it up. Please don't look it up. Honor system. <laughs> Please only take one candy bar, you exactly, fat piece of exactly, shit. Exactly. And you can see now with the, the ring thing, the ring camera. You can watch them. You start talking you, to you the, you the camera. You see this fat kid waddle away like he was uh, Jalen Waddle just scoring a touchdown. Waddle away into the parking lot there with like an old bowl full of candy. <laughs> You're lucky he even it. leaves the empty carved pumpkin. Oh that you God. put this stuff in. Uh, all right, so uh, Ovechkin uh, just scored his 787th career goal. Wow. Alexander Ovechkin with the Washington Capitals. And that eclipsed the record of... Ooh. As the most goals scored with a single franchise. Oh, Ovechkin has played his whole career with the Washington Capitals. Uh, who had the previous record for most goals with a franchise at 786. There's your hockey question for the day. I may know this. Most goals with one franchise. Well, I have a you guess. probably know it. I have a guess. You know it? I have a guess. Right. I don't know if I know it. I don't want to. We'll see. You don't want to blow it? All right. So we'll throw it out there and you can uh, do the what? chat or call. I mean, if you want to call, you can call. I'll, the number's up there. <laughs> number's up there. Okay. <laughs> if they want to call, they can call. That's all I got today. On the trivia. <laughs> I was going to say. And I pulled that out of my ass. So, <laughs> if they uh, want to call, they can. <laughs> we'll take the call. The number will be 954. Yeah, well, we'll take it on a call. 954 417 0070. Anytime during the show, if you come up with that one. Yeah, Lenny the Chronic. You're disqualified, Lenny. You already know the answer. <laughs> see, I was, I was hoping well, it wasn't him. Well, and he put it him. on the chat line so everybody yeah, could see Yeah, he wins. It. I was hoping it wasn't him. I was going uh, to see Mario Lemieux was what I was going to say, thinking it was Lemieux someone would have been, uh, who's been on the for a long time, but not like, I mean, how? How about uh, Maurice Richard or one of those guys? I mean, that's, a, yeah, old school. That I uh, you know, some guy that played for the Montreal Canadiens for like 50 years. Uh, all right, well, the answer was Gordie Howe, so there, there <laughs> Here's your trivia Lenny. challenge for today, and we'll see Thanks, you tomorrow. Thanks, Lenny. Degenerate Friday. <laughs> Kind of took care of that very quickly. <laughs> not Mike Lubitz, gurgles out. Here we go. That was great. All right. A lot on my mind. Uh, a lot on my mind today is, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, feel, I, I don't know, do you feel some sense of relief? I, I didn't really see what level of damage was done. Is it done? Uh, apparently. Is it, was that it? Because I know it was supposed to be Wednesday into Thursday. But It, it hit I mean, last night, uh, I guess, uh, landfall somewhere right. around 2 in the morning, 2, 3 in the morning. I, I was okay. watching TV. I was out late, a little bit late last night. I went to the Hard Rock. And uh, we had freebie tickets to see Adam well, Sandler. How was your Sandler experience? Well, and, and the Mustang's been working on the weekends now, so she's been unable to go through her usual routine of, uh, you know, going through her free play in a local casino here and then going through another 300 after that and, and calling it a wonderful day. And then I have to hope that I hit on the horses. Although I, I would have to say overall she's had a, a brilliant couple of years of slot play. Maybe in slight decline right now. And, and what a gambler really needs to understand is no streak lasts forever. And if you make a couple of big scores in succession, there, there's a pretty good chance. I mean, think about the previous 
in the Mustangs case, 55 years of your life mm. where you've been losing all the time. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance that uh, that scenario is going to rebound right back into your face. And that even though you got lucky with a couple of scores, uh, you know, guess what? The, the general process is not a favorable one mm. of gambling, especially on slot machines. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Mustang now feels like she has a system. And a system. She, she, I hear her on the phone talking to her friends about her system of <laughs> slot play. Now, unless you have some magnetic, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not counting cards. Source. <laughs> or a way to, like, recalibrate the machine somehow with X-ray <laughs> vision. Slot machines are set up so you, you get fucked. You're not winning. Even if you win, you still lose. Like, like. Freaking, it's um, a steady grind down, right? You only hope to spin the wheels for a long period of time before whatever money you stick in there just evaporates. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. I mean, think about it. It's a reverse ATM machine. You're shoving <laughs> 20s exactly, exactly. and hundreds into a slot machine. Exactly. And you don't you don't get a lot of time. I mean, uh, you know, the, the first 17 spins can always be negative on a slot machine, can they not? Yeah. How often is that the case? Or, or you, you know, obviously you look around you and you see nobody is winning in, in a lot of casinos. New Orleans being uh, New Orleans Harris being the worst of all when it comes to uh, slot machine play. And I don't want to say too many disparaging things about them because I love the freebie opportunities to go there. Yep, yep. But I, I know I tell myself every time, hey, th- this isn't my game here yep. when it comes to gambling. Whatever money I bring to gamble there, I, I'm resigned pretty much to losing because they took out a couple of my, uh, my I mean, absurd casino games that I favor. (laughs) I I don't know. I kind of like that little, uh, I'm not a three card poker player, but uh, I do like that stupid game. Let it ride, which uh, as we've said many times, uh, look, casinos never devised. This came from the great Eddie Kaplan who uh, came up in conversation last night. I saw an old friend, uh, a young guy, man. And and one of these guys that, that you see him like 10 years later, and he still looks exactly the same, maybe even younger. Good for him. You know, my friend Boxing Armando, he was a uh, producer on so. radio for a long time. He works so. for Telemundo, and now he's uh, doing real estate. Knows everything there is. I mean, th- this guy knows boxing uh, ice cold, and he used to produce for uh, Eddie Kaplan. So I saw him last night at this Adam Sandler thing that I went to, and I would say this. The show started out with so much promise. It, it really did. <laughs> They brought up some guy that was like a, a local guy, was a friend of uh, Sandler's, and, and he did, uh, you know, a very short uh, stand-up bit there to open things up. Uh, the the theater is fantastic there at the Hard Rock Hotel yeah, in South show. Florida here in Hollywood. I mean, if you get a chance to see a show there, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I, I've sat in a lot of different areas. I sat on the floor. I've sat in, uh, you know, the, the uh, immediate yeah. area above the floor there, which I kind of like. Uh, and yesterday was the first time I sat in the balcony section in the 200 section there. They have three levels. So yeah, I've sat I'm in, in the middle levels. level and, and, and it was a great view. The sound system in there is yeah, incredible. They do a great job. The lighting. I mean, it's a really dynamic uh, show and, and a great, uh, venue for any kind of show. Uh, and Holmes, I think, is that right? Only 3000 people. Is that right? Seems like five, more. Something like 5,000. I don't know. I don't, 5, I don't think it's 10 to 15. I think it's around 5,000. I mean, Because the old Hard Rock Live, when they first put it together, which it's funny to consider it the old Hard Rock Live, because I, I was part of the christening of that that venue, because uh, they, they started out, they, they were having boxing matches there of uh, reasonably uh, high level of significance uh, on a regular basis. I mean, they, they were doing shows there, it seemed like, once a month. And then on top of that, because they were making a lot of money on the slot machines... <laughs> 
<laughs> these productions, Luby, of all the uh, you know television productions I've ever been involved in, these were far and away the most elaborate. These pay-per-view boxing events that were being staged by the uh, Seminole Tribe and uh, Warriors Boxing uh, was affiliated with them. And they had them at what was then uh, considered to be a spectacular breakthrough in terms of local facilities for uh, shows, uh, music, uh, boxing, whatever, sporting events. Uh, and everybody thought, wow, th- this is the most modern thing I've ever seen. Th- this place is fabulous. And that sat like 5,000 people. I saw a lot of concerts there, too, at uh, what is now the old Hard Rock Live. By comparison, man, I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, as elaborate as any theater that, that you've ever been in, right? The Arsh Center yeah. isn't as nice as yeah. what they have here, uh, you know, with all that philanthropic money that they have in Arsh. So that's why the tickets go so, for so much. 2,500 seats. It's, it's 2,500. That's it? Oh, smaller. wow. Wow, that's crazy. Boy, that, that seems uh, yeah. really unusual because when you look down uh, yeah. you know, from the balcony there, you're like, wow, man, there are a lot of people in this joint. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, what are the chances Adam Sandler sells 2,500 tickets? I, I would think 0. 0.0. Oh, no? no. He sells out. I mean, 2,500 is not that much. 2,500 people. And he was there the night before also. Yes. So uh, he starts on had, had a guy on there that I wasn't familiar with. I, I don't think he was, uh, you know, at a very high level of comedy, but he's friends with Sandler. And he actually was pretty funny. Went to Broward uh, Community College. Nice. So a local kid. Uh, and the audience couldn't have been any more uh, receptive nice. or willing to laugh. I mean, the audience really wanted to enjoy Adam Sandler. Good. So, and, and it featured uh, the uh, program uh, was teased as uh, Adam Sandler and special guest. So all speculation was that the Chris special Rock. guest was going to be. Yeah, Chris Rock, which is not going to be. Buddy Chris Rock. He does that, his own tours. Right? I think he's on tour. Yeah. I, yeah it wasn't going to be Rock. Uh, no chance. No, there was no, no wasn't chance. Gonna be that rock. Was he's headlining. I mean, and he's he's a bigger headliner than Sandler when it comes to comedy. Oh, rock! He blows away. He's a legend. Sandler. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. No, and and he's a much better stand-up comedian. Well, it's not I mean, even he's a very polished. Uh, his uh, his specials when he was on HBO. If you go and look at him, you're like, wow! How, how does this guy do this, man? He is on his game. Well, he's one of Great. those that got paid a ridiculous amount, like Chappelle from Netflix. Yeah. I mean, like Sandler doesn't get that for comedy. He gets that for his. Wonderful movies. I think you should retire from comedy. I'll get to that. Okay, I'm ready. Go on. So, uh, all right. So that guy opens up. He's funny. And then they bring another guy out who I wasn't familiar with, who's also like a Netflix star. And that guy was very good, animated. And he did about 10 minutes. And he really had the audience's attention. And you're thinking, wow, this is building up to orgasmic levels here. I mean, by the time Sandler hits the stage, it's going to really be good. Now, usually in a comedy show, you might get an opening act. And rarely would you get like a secondary opening act and, and then your headliner comes on right after the opening act, yeah, who, yeah. Who, uh, you know, usually is accorded more time to, uh, you know, to go ahead and get the audience uh, going in the right direction. And maybe the opening act would come on for 20 minutes and the, the uh, regular feature guy is going to do an hour or something like that. All right. So um, a- after that, they bring in uh, what's the guy's name? Judd Apatar. Judd Apatow. Wrote all the movies. Judd Apatow. Apatow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was good. Yeah, I mean, he's actually uh, he's worked on stand-up. He was always a writer, director, producer, and now, like, stand-up's the thing he's always wanted to do. So he's like, well, he, he did it well. I mean, he, he had the audience's attention. He, he was dynamic on stage. And, uh, you know, he, he really had you uh, into what, what it was that, uh, you know, like we hope to do here in the show. We're, we're hoping that eventually you go, well, when is this guy going to say something? But, uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you want, you, you know, you want to be in tune with it. And uh, Apatow, uh, I mean, he, he was fine. He was good. And you're thinking, wow, this this is really getting good. 
uh, good. And and uh, who, who's the guy? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider, who's become a very right wing. Uh, right wing man, man, he was right wing. Yeah, he's but they loved right it there because we're in Florida, yes, right? Yes, yes, we're literally we're the man. home of I the mean, right. People came to the show wearing Trump masks. It, it was, uh, you know, something. But he was very well received for his uh, right wing political statements that he was making. Although you know he he didn't overdo it, but he definitely played into it. Uh, but it was very funny, a dynamic presence, and and now. Uh, you're waiting for Sandler. He's going to come up there next, and he's got four or five like really classy looking electric guitars laid out. Yeah, he know, plays wow. music a lot. It's this is going to be something. I mean, that this guy plays all these guitars. Yeah, and, and it got to the point though after Sandler took the stage where you were counting what guitars he hadn't played and saying, <laughs> "Oh, good, only three guitars left." <laughs> You couldn't wait to get the fuck out oh, of here. Enough. I mean, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to say it was so bad, but I mean, uh, and the people were, were trying to be overwhelmingly receptive. It. I mean, yeah, they were just yeah. looking for any reason to laugh at anything that Sandler said or did. And, uh, wow, I, I thought it was uh, like the biggest egg I've ever seen. Uh, you know, and nothing against the guy. Everybody says he's a real good guy. Obviously, he travels uh, with his buddies there and yeah, takes care of people that, uh, you know, were in his uh, circle of friends. But, yep. uh the stand-up act was weak. Well, he had a, okay. that's the thing is he had a Netflix special that sort of was a big deal, like, was it a year or two years ago? And I remember, and I've, he had the Hanukkah song, so I, I, I like that. And Yeah, the songs, I mean, were, were okay. Some of his movies well, are okay. Like, okay. So the guy does a bunch of goofy songs. Some of his movies are okay, so I was like, right, let me watch this thing. And look, I watched a lot of, eh, Netflix specials, like when sure. HBO, Showtime. When it comes to comedy, I like stand-up. So usually you can I find an angle, get into it. Even if it's not great, there's something funny about it. They're, they're up there for a reason, especially getting a special. I watched five minutes of it, and I was like, what the? F-? <laughs> like, I couldn't finish half of it, let alone the whole thing. So when you said Sandler last yes, night, I was like, oh, I don't know if you understand. Louis, I, I, honestly, <laughs> if they had thrown you up there, you wouldn't have done any worse, oh in my, my opinion. God, oh, my God. They could have put you up there with a pair of bongos and uh, and said, "Hey, you got an hour? Do your best." Oh Jesus! I mean, it, it started to get ponderous after a while. It was almost like he was doing a spoof on what a comedy show should be, although it was well produced. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, they had like corresponding video with the goofball songs that he sings, and some of them, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, so when this guy was taking a shit or a shower, he came up with a couple of lines that made some sense, and then he couldn't rhyme it out, so he ended it. <laughs> And like, and on offbeat fashion. I mean, way who would do this? Way off on a tangent somewhere. But um, wow, I have to say this. I mean, the uh, the immense growth of the hard rock from the times where it had already expanded to like uh, what would have been considered just outrageously, uh, you know, uh, grandiose proportions. Yep. Is I, I remember, it's had to be, I have one of the posters on the wall here. It goes back to like 2005. I yeah, guess. the two, early 2000s when I went all the time yeah. and it was really fun and it was really cool. It's night and day now. I mean, now it's straight of Vegas. Like you feel like you're in Vegas. Oh my God. I mean, it, it, it is more grandiose than, than, than many Vegas yeah, uh, yeah. destinations. I, I don't know. I mean, the Bellagio obviously is spectacular. Uh, but, you know, and, and this doesn't even, you know, take into account the Guitar Hotel, yep, which I've never say. stayed in, but... Uh, Looks pretty spectacular, does it not? Well, that section is sick. That section, they have like three clubs over there. <laughs> like, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> A zillion restaurants, man. Mayo, though, he, I mean, he, he goes there and he eats there and he has very favorable opinions about the food, which may be good. Mm. 
But like 12 bucks for a hot dog at the sports bar? They put together a very nice sports room configuration. Have you seen that arrangement at the Hard Rock? Where? Well, I mean, remember, uh, you know, there was a time there where DeSantis made that underhanded deal yes, uh, with the Seminoles. And, uh, you know, somehow uh, all of a sudden we had sports gambling, even though it was going to be shot down immediately <laughs> by some federal judge. Because however they did it, they didn't do it right. And then it was very exclusive. They were uh, literally going to just trample the other uh, paramutual facilities that have been in operation, crossing their fingers every day. When is, well, we're never going to become a woke state, are we? <laughs> Because we need to awaken to the idea that other states are making zillions of dollars on exactly. sports wagering, and we're losing out, people. Who 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 wouldn't have thought of like just campaigning on that platform alone? That there should be a, another party besides Republican, Democrat, the Degenerate Party. Who's looking out for our interests? That, well, that's that's the question. The professor yesterday morning chatted in saying California. Like of all the states that would be open minded to things, California supposedly voted down sports gambling. Is that right? I don't wow. get. Yeah, I, I, how I, how has it become like a I, like I don't understand why it's just not a national thing. Make your money. I don't get I, it. I, I don't get it. I, I mean, look, uh, they've taken over uh, the most powerful entities in all of sports. I mean, they're completely infiltrated. I, you know what, what's great too is like uh, they're in bed with, with all all of these uh, different organizations: the NFL, the yep, NBA, yep, yep. NHL has wagering in their hockey. F- I mean, who, who would ever think about betting on hockey? Except uh, you know, I bet you can't uh, stay awake through the third period <laughs> of a nothing nothing game. Sarney's going to get mad at me. <laughs> he doesn't care about hockey. If he you like nothing, nothing, the World Cup is your cup of tea, man. It's right around the corner here. Yeah, here we go. Nil, nil. I tell you, what a chess match. Who wants to watch a fucking chess match? That's my favorite one. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. They're like, wow, what action? I'm like, 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> Blutarski, baby. It's 0.0. Zero. And then they're like, they're dominating. The, England is dominating. I'm like, it's 0-0. Zero, yeah. zero. I guess they're not that dominant. Like Jesus, I'm watching uh, just endless uh, hours of uh, nothingness happening. You know, where all the action is around the middle of the field, <laughs> and, and then a guy dodges a couple of guys, and then he kicks it back to the goaltender who's 50 yards behind him. And the goalie uh, grabs the ball, looks around for a while, holds it over his head, and then he puts it on the ground. There's nobody anywhere near him, and he kicks it to midfield, and it goes right back into the same circumstance. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes. What strategy? My God. Chess match. That's what it's all about, man. I take uh, Knight to King 2, whatever that is. Uh, pawn to Queen 6. Uh, and, and look, that's coming up. When, when does that start? I, I've seen a zillion Fox promos for it. in the next week or so. Right? And, and the U.S. is involved, at least. Uh, yes, in we're, we're in it stages. this time. Yes, we're in it this time. Yeah. But we have no chance, right? I mean, no, it's like no. the AFC East, and you're you know looking at being the Jets <laughs> in any other year but this one. Well, you got no it chance. starts the 20th, life. so a week and a half. November 20th through December 18th. That was almost a month. We'll be riveted. Uh, we'll have some coverage on that, I'm sure. But we usually get somebody on. I usually uh, get Shane. Speak about it. I bring Shane on. That's when we, every four years, Phil we Shane, talk yeah. to Phil Shane. <laughs> Does he time the call? He knows it's you. Like, oh, look at that. 2022. Like, hey, <laughs> Nice to hear from you. Sluby, I, I know he doesn't, uh, you know, acknowledge my birthday or any other thing, but uh, I'm hearing from him because it's the World, World Cup. Cup. Anyway, that, that's coming up. Uh, all right, a lot of different things happening. Uh, the storm uh, yesterday, uh, a piece of the uh, Lauderdale by the Sea pier, the Anglin pier, collapsed. Oh, geez, this is the big thing that they're showing on TV because I mean, wow, I mean, what you don't. 
the local news people, I mean, you want to maintain some level of dignity, don't you? Just some level of dignity. You're supposed to. <laughs> supposed to. It was pretty clear nothing was happening, right? I mean, about 3.30 yesterday or 3 o'clock, I go on my walk of life. I, I got drizzled on a little yeah, it was bit. Rainy. That was about it, right? And it wasn't even a hard rain. It was like a constant, like, drizzle. It wasn't a, most of the time I'm walking, an hour and a half, uh, no rain whatsoever. I, it was very pleasant outside. And you're looking going, okay, very fortunate for us here yes, in South yes, Florida yes. that uh, this has moved north. Uh, very unfortunate. And, and obviously our sympathies and empathies are or with anybody that was in the path of any of these, like vicious storms that, uh, you know, even if it's minor damage, if the minor damage happens to be a tree that fell through the roof of yeah, your it's, house. It's not minor. <laughs> and, and, and took out everything that you own. And then on top of that, you know, threatened, uh, you know, physical, uh, serious physical and or maybe even catastrophic harm to, to people. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's significant damage, at least to that guy. I mean, it may not be overwhelming mass damage, uh, but. You know, I, I would imagine that, you know, that there will be some, uh, you know, very unfavorable results from a Category 1 hurricane hitting, right? Yeah, What's the yeah. chance that everything is still standing and, uh, you know, people wake up after, you know, the wind finally blows its way up I mean, to Ohio? Where you, if you get hit direct by the north side, I presume if we got that, then you at least got some winds and some rain, like real yeah. rain. I mean, I'm presuming someone got affected by it. I, I hope not. I, that, I woke up and I was like, is it done? <laughs> I See, I, I, I right don't now. believe this okay. pier collapse had anything to do. I mean, if it did, it had to be of the most minor variety that it had to be on the verge of collapse. I was going to say before. that it wasn't in good shape because <laughs> uh, it, it barely rained. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're looking, uh, you know, and it's always great. My my friend and a good big fan of the show, Peter Dench from uh, CBS, his assignment was to be at Lauderdale by the Sea. Now, this was prior to the pier collapsing, which obviously. I mean, it's significant, but but I don't believe that that it had much of anything to do with what was going on weather-wise. I, I think it's very fortunate it didn't happen on a nice day. You know what I mean? Where, where the people were out there because there's popular restaurants all in that area. And a lot of people like to go out on a pier there and just walk out there. And, yeah, yeah. you know, unfortunately, if you were contemplating jumping after getting beat at the buzzer <laughs> by a three-pointer, if you were backing the heat the other night and hoping to get to overtime so you could cover a point spread against Portland, Unfortunately, if you were standing in the middle of this thing, you're fucking in the drink. <laughs> Fortunately, I think nobody was out there. But right behind Dench, and I love this, I, you know, is a kid with a big smile on his face. You know, not a kid necessarily, but like some guy, you know, in his 20s. And he's got a surfboard. And uh, th that's what it was for the most part yesterday. Surf's up. I was, uh, you know, on my uh, little uh, travails there. I get to several glimpses of uh, the open ocean. And uh, you're looking going, yeah, look at that, man. Guys are actually got they got the surfboards out. I don't yeah. even know if it was rough enough for them to uh, catch a wave or two. I was gonna say, I'm like, was it that windy? I'm like, by me, it w there was winds, but it wasn't like windy. Yeah, uh, but I, I I think the two were were somewhat unrelated, the collapse of the pier, and uh, I I can't imagine that what was happening here yesterday in this area what was enough to cause uh, damage to what was already a soundly. Uh, you know, a, a foundation of a pier that, that was just soundly constructed. This yeah. thing had to be eroding over the last uh, however many uh, years it's been since they put this thing up. Infrastructure, Joe Bean, come on. <laughs> there you go. I don't want to be standing go. on a pier trying to catch, uh, you know, some uh, blue runner. And uh, next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, down there with the sharks, swimming with the fishes. But uh, it did uh, it did hit. I mean, it made landfall uh, to the north of here, Fort Pierce, which is about 90 miles north of where we are. 
uh, enough, too, since we were on the uh, downside, which uh, Mr. Weatherby there, Mike Mayo, described in great detail. And, uh, wow, who knew he had uh, weather person ability? Did he also uh, attend a school to be a meteorologist? <laughs> I don't know. He was doing – we all – when you're in South Florida, you have sort of an idea of how things work. You all are, you know, sort of not, like, side – uh, meteorologist, but he was talking about barometric pressure, longitude, oh, yeah. latitude, and the uh, wind, and, and it was like, what? It was? <laughs> I got into it in a way I've never, and I've lived here my whole life, and we all are like, well, you know, if it turns this way, then you see this. He was like getting into it. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's uh, the good side and the bad side. We, we, yeah, we all know. Side. Yeah, we all know yeah. that. So, um, I, you know, I, I doubt very much they're going to have to. I mean, I hope they do some kind of examination on this. But uh, that, that pier was collapsing regardless of what was happening. <laughs> if it wasn't yesterday, it was going to be sometime in the very near future, no matter how calm and beautiful it was outside. So uh, maybe it's fortunate that, uh, you know, that there weren't many people around. And I don't think anybody was injured, uh, you know. But it, it did look weird. I mean, that's right down the street from me here. Yeah. It's not now, there was nothing else of any uh, kind. I mean, I drove around last night. Uh, you know, it was like a rainy day in Georgia. We, we've had far worse conditions to uh, travel around. It, and there were quite a few people on the road because uh, the Sandler thing, I guess, did they paper the entire house? Is there anybody out there that would have paid like $50 for a ticket to see Adam Sandler? Yes. People like yeah. him. Yeah. People like him. I mean, the Roy... Our friend who, longtime radio guy, uh, now with, I think, the DJ right Glass Perez, Morning yeah, Show. Time. Good dude. He's the engineer behind everything we do. Um, he put a message on Facebook. Now, I don't know if he went as a fan because I know he does do camera work for a lot of different productions. So maybe he was working it. But he put a post on Facebook. He was giddy. I'm a lifelong stan, which means like a super fan of Adam Sandler. He. He loved it from the night before, so I, <laughs> I presume people did pay. <laughs> I, I would have rather seen Sandler doing Shakespeare, honestly, <laughs> than the stand-up act that he had. Uh, I mean, uh, honestly, the Pauly Man is far funnier, just on uh, you know a- any daily basis. Uh, all right, uh, on the sporting front, uh, now uh, TCU, all right, ranked uh, number four college uh, football playoff, and they're underdogs, seven-point dogs to Texas. I guess at Texas, I presume. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, it must be at Texas if uh, they're favored that heavily. What, what do you think of that, Luby? I mean, uh, I the uh, committee's buying into TCU. Aren't they supposed to take into consideration uh, all of these factors? And yet the uh, odds makers, the people that really know what the hell they're doing, uh, they have installed Texas as a seven-point favorite in that game. So, so uh, I mean, what, what's your thought? Does Cinderella continue? Well, the problem is the TCU, and we're doing and it's the thing I did with Michigan that um, – <laughs> Uh, Sarney made fun of me for, but TCU hasn't, if you look at their schedule now, looking back at it, like schools like Oklahoma that were once top 10 have not been good. Kansas, Kansas, who, uh, Tony Sands, I love Tony Sands from St. Thomas, Kansas legend. Actually, I talked with him on our Believe podcast, South Florida football icon, uh, is a Kansas alum and I'm sorry, Tony, Kansas looked fun for like. The first few weeks, and then they went yeah, back whatever. to being like Kansas. Like 5-0, they started out. Went back to being Kansas. Kansas State is, I think, still ranked, but they're not good. You know, like game, they, game day was going there. You had Chris Fowler there and Herb. So State. that's a problem. Like TCU, like I, they don't. People don't know what to do with them. The a committee had to make them four. Like Clemson lost. Alabama has two losses. Like who are you putting at four? So someone had to be there. I. I, I just don't know what to do with Texas. Like, Texas, the, the quarterback, yours is a beast, but they're up and down. Like, they're not yeah. consistent. 
So many of the uh, handicappers in the post here, uh, among the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, that have uh, been listed in this panel, uh, many have TCU as one of their best bets in that game. TCU is one of their best bets. Uh, also, uh, Florida State uh, favored over Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. In uh, what is a heads up? I, I don't care enough about the Syracuse football team to even uh, want to get involved in a wager. I, I, I wouldn't even mind. They'll be. I, I mean, sure. Uh, you know, I, I like to see uh, the Cues do well, but they've lost three straight. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the quarterback, quarterback Schrader, who was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, really uh, making He's people good. think twice about. Syracuse quarterbacks over the years, although they did have, what, Donovan McNabb would be the yeah, most successful? Yeah, the last one. Yeah, the last one. When I was there, they had a guy named Rich Panzition okay. who uh, killed the entire legend of the number 44. They gave him uh, number 44, Rich Panzition. And uh, I think if you look him up, uh, his achievements were uh, very modest compared to those who had gone before him wearing 44, including the immediate predecessor, one Larry Q. Zonka. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> That number is right. Yeah, what Ernie Davis? You had uh, Jim Nance, who uh, not the announcer, but the guy was a monster running back in the AFL there with the Buffalo Bills and uh, against other teams. Um, he was great. Uh, and and you had uh, Floyd Little, Little. Larry Zonka, just um, uh, unbelievable. Jim Brown, uh, you know, Jim Brown, a guy named Jim Brown. Let me not forget the great one, yeah. (laughs) And uh, and then all of a sudden, you got a rich transition, and that was it, man. It was real easy, uh, you know, at one time to scalp those student tickets. <laughs> but in 1969, when I got there and Rich Panzition uh, got uh, the number 44, that was it, my friend. It was over. You had to either go to the game and sit there. And, and back in that time, they had cement seats in the old Archibald Stadium, which became the Carrier Dome. Man, it's cold, too. <laughs> oh, no, they had cement seats when it was like negative This 10. thing was at the top of the windiest <laughs> part. <laughs> I mean, you know, not, not even, snow drifts would hit you in the face. <laughs> not like flakes, iceberg, drifts. Icebergs. Oh, my God. And you're watching the Cues run the ball 70 times against Penn State, and you're thinking, throw it, Ben, throw it. <laughs> anyway, Florida State uh, seems to be favored among the handicappers. Uh, yeah. You got Florida State, Florida State, Florida State, Syracuse, Florida State, Syracuse. Well, the quarterback Syracuse. being a, and I didn't realize – why Syracuse was playing so bad recently. Like, they haven't looked good. I, I didn't realize their quarterback wasn't playing. So, yeah. he's either not going to play, or if he plays, he's not magically 100%. Like, the fact that he's not okay to play today means if he plays, he's not going to be himself. So, now you're going to have an injured quarterback, which is what you saw with Tyler Van Dyke. Like, the dude shouldn't have been out there. Right. So, I, I mean, whatever FSU does, there is letdown factor after the way they celebrated that win last uh, week. I don't know. See, I, I, I think that they uh... – Go out there. This I would think they take it seriously. I would think they I take have it to seriously. give Norvell credit. I mean, they're they're getting better. We'll see. They're getting better. They really are. I mean, I, that that was a dynamite performance. Uh, I, I, if the Canes aren't the worst dogs in all of uh, college football, uh, then that was a real hell of a performance. Uh, and now the Canes are not very good. But that's my thing. I don't know what to do with the like. They didn't let up, so I'll give them that. Like a lot of times, yeah. the second half FSU will let up. They didn't. They, they they kept it coming. But I I don't know what the Canes. I think are. Joe Zagaki was on that pier, <laughs> the announcer for the Hurricane games. For those unfamiliar with Joe's work, <laughs> just hoping that it would collapse. All right, uh, this is great. Um, I, I love people that are handicapping hockey because uh, you're thinking if a guy is. Uh, you know, skilled enough and has enough depth of knowledge and frame of reference to give you an opinion on a hockey game's outcome, mm-hmm. then they probably are pretty well immersed in the sport, are they not? And and this is one yes. of those things about being a degenerate 
uh, where, you know, people always think, well, geez, I- I've got to make my score on the big football game or on the big races, uh, whatever it is that you're betting on. But if you could figure out a system, like if you saw that you could just nail the NHL at a high uh, ratio because certain trends made uh, games obvious where and uh, people weren't really looking into it because they were just like, it's hockey. I, I don't know. Yeah, but why not? I, li- I-, I like the Hurricanes. Maybe you would have bet on the Hurricanes last night since the Hurricane was hitting South Florida, right? I mean, if you were going to go on a hunch angle, that would have been it. So uh, the Panthers playing Carolina. This guy named uh, Michael LaBeouf. Okay. Nice French-Canadian name, right? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a guy that knows hockey. Uh, Michel LaBeouf. Huh? <laughs> you cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like you're ready to slam him. Yell about his driving. I, 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 again, I mean, look, Luby, this is not a, I mean, a small piece. Uh, you know, that's that's a lot of space to dedicate to uh, rationale about one hockey game yeah, that you're going to wager on. That's a lot for regular early season, regular season NHL game that doesn't yeah. feature one of your teams. All right, so here's his theory last night. He's telling you to bet the Hurricanes at plus 100. They, oh, you were getting even good. money. You didn't have to lay the juice. No, that's not good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you were getting a little bit of a price there, although it seems odd to call it a price when you're getting even money. But uh, usually it'd be like uh, minus 110 to win 100 mm-hmm. on, on uh, a team that was in, in a pick situation. So um, you're, you're getting a little bit of a break here. Hurricanes coming to South Florida, take on the Panthers. And he says the uh, Hurricanes and Panthers entered the uh, season uh, priced as uh, two of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. But so far, only one of those teams has truly lived up to the billing, Ruby. How about that? There you go. And since he's going to make a case for Carolina, you're assuming it's that. Uh, just uh, picking and choosing some spots here in the logic. Florida's 7-5-1 and one record is nothing to get too alarmed about, but it's plus one goal differential. And the fact that the team ranks 15th in goals per game oh, is a bit of a concern for a team that yeah. set the salary cap era record yeah. with 337 tallies in the previous season. Yeah. We were all duped in by that, were we not? Yep, yep, yep. All right, building a pretty good case here, right? Uh, Panthers a little bit of a fraud. Hurricanes are one of the favorites. They've lived up to their top billing so far. And uh, Kachuk, Matt Kachuk suspended for two games. He's not even going to be on the ice, and Ekblad is injured. If you ever had a vulnerable spot for a, uh, they're still getting used to the new coach mm-hmm. who uh, we don't even know who he is. Paul so what's Maurice. the guy's name? Paul Maurice. <laughs> hey, Paul Maurice. Eh? <laughs> they could have Marie Chevalier behind the bench. It wouldn't make much difference, I, I don't think. But the, they always seem to find a way to fuck it up, the Florida Panthers. I, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because I, I really thought last year that uh, if ever they were going to do something and get it. You know, to the point where you actually reached a Stanley Cup final. Last year was their big window of opportunity. And and, and it's a quickly closing gap, is it not, Luby? I mean, the NHL is a little bit fickle in, in that regard. Although yeah. you would think that uh, Colorado, last year's champion, probably going to be pretty good again yeah, still be great. Uh, this year. Yeah. Anyway, it, it comes out with the Carolina's ability to uh, roll four lines and three defense pairs. Gives it a serious leg up on the Panthers on Wednesday night, last night. Oh, Jesus. So back to Canes, they get the job done on the road. Oh God! Your final three nothing Panthers. Three <laughs> to Zipperoni, Mister. Uh, you know, goal a minute. God, okay. Andy brings up a good point. Remember last stick week? a croissant up your ass, Michael Abuff. I mean, what kind of garbage is that? Remember when you brought up last week the Hurricanes and FSU, and like yeah. there was a, 
I think you said five or six post guys, one guy at FSU and the other five all went with the Canes and they yes. all were very confident. And I, I, you were like, I was getting frustrated. And the funny thing is I wasn't because I think FSU is a juggernaut. I was because I just, the stuff they were saying wasn't true. I'm like, I don't think they've watched FSU at all. <laughs> like you don't, you don't know, like the three losses FSU has were all close to teams that at some point in the season were top 15 like the rest but of the they, game, they had shown dominated. much more ability to put it together than the Hurricanes. Yes, had. Uh, that's the what Hurricanes I was saying. Hurricanes have been just absolutely uh, decomposing right in front of your face. Yeah, that's actually it's the worst that's every week the when they win. You're, you're you're horrified. What do you mean the VT? That's, that's how bad that got. VT's bad. They were up big in the VT game and eked out a win. Like that's what was my thing. Is I don't know what FSU's going to do, but I'm like, yeah. How would the Canes – if the Canes can figure it out, why are they – why did they not the last month? <laughs> like they were just screwing around the last month? <laughs> like I don't understand. All, all you had to do is watch the, the two teams and the way that even in losses, Florida State was acquitting itself yes. as compared to the Hurricanes, who even in wins were horrifying people that they're absolutely dreadful. Yeah. By the way, I, I mean, uh, talk about a turnaround, huh? A Murdoch, I mean, used to be the biggest Trump backer. All of a sudden, here, here big picture of Vidani looking like a clown on the front of the New York post right. and, uh, and several pages of Trump bashing now by their columnists who uh, used to adore this man. Well, they still so, do. Uh, they what still, do you make of that movie? They still adore him. They just like winning. Like they don't care what's good for the country. They just want to win. And they did not. I mean, Trumpy dumpty is yes. the headline. They did not win. They expected. They to... worship this man in the New York post. <laughs> worship him. He can well, do no wrong. Well, because he was winning or he yeah. really wasn't winning. He won one election and they thought that meant he was the savior. I yeah. don't know. I, the whole thing's crazy uh, to me. I, I mean, page after page of uh, derisive commentary about, <laughs> and, and they even uh, referenced, which I, I never, I, I don't know if this is true. I saw it on like social media that uh, Trump was uh, blaming Melania, who had yes. disappeared until just the other day. I didn't even know she was still alive. Did you? I I thought she was smart enough to have left the country, <laughs> gotten far away from him. To be honest with you, we see more of Jimmy Carter's wife, you know, than we do of. Uh, Melania, I mean, uh, she was, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, somebody that uh, photographers would uh, be more inclined to flock to to see what was going on. And uh, who knows? I mean, does she even live? uh, Does she live in the country anymore? Melania? I honestly didn't think so. But, uh, yeah, he was blaming her for the uh, loss. Well, Oz, Dr. Oz, he he would have never backed a candidate like Dr. Oz if not for Melania. Yeah, okay, Trump. You can (laughs) listen to Melania. Yeah, that relationship really feels like that's how it works. All right, we have a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, and, and a Thursday night football game today. Who's playing tonight here? Thursday night football, the Falcons. Another, oh, a hot one for Amazon. Suck ass game. This ought to set uh, Jeff Bezos back a couple of billion, right? No, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And you have to, like, go out of your way to find this game. I don't. I, I have it. Well, most but, of us uh, have it. It's just not worth watching. <laughs> those Thursday nighters have been. New City. Is that because uh, they don't feel that Al Michaels can keep pace with, with a really good ball game anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Because he kind of fits I... these games. Uh, he's looking a little old, is he not? He looks old, but his game is the they're, same. I, I, I they're, they're putting his makeup on with a spatula. <laughs> Literally, man. They got like a, he's in his 80s. What do you want? Like I don't know. Talking a wall uh, before a hurricane. I oh, don't have any leaks here. No, no. Put a little extra on there. Don't worry about how it looks. We'll clean it up later. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so uh, that, that one looks like a dud to start yeah, the week. Uh, the uh, Dolphins uh, are surprisingly tepid favorites, uh, in my opinion, over the Browns. Have I the mean, Browns the Browns been winning? Coming I, here I, to I, South Florida. Have the Browns been winning? Like, the, the way I'm hearing people talk about the Browns is like they're good, and I 
didn't think they were good, but the Dolphins are at home, have yeah. played pretty well offensively, and I get it, their defense has been sort of a sieve, so I guess you would think maybe, oh, that's what it was, two weeks ago they annihilated the Bengals, so people yeah. are, and they were off last week, so that's... They, they look good in that Bengal game, they yes. did. They put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow is like the Statue of Liberty, literally. Not the play, but the actual statue <laughs> compared to Tua, who, uh, way, where he might not be as elusive as uh, Lamar Jackson or, uh, you know, Kyler Murray or some of these other uh, quarterbacks of that of that ilk. Uh, he, he still, I mean, he gets out of there fast enough. Burrow's uh, supposed to be a guy that can run. The problem is he doesn't have time. That, and that was time, our thing uh, yeah. for that line. It was like, yes, he made the Super Bowl, but every game he got sacked 15 times. Like, it, I mean, like, that's that's not normal. He, he, he's getting pummeled, man. I mean, this, this guy's going to have a sparring partner mentality by the end of the season. That's the thing. He's Go like, ahead, champ. You never got me down. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he's Jake fucking Lamont. <laughs> you never got me down, Ray. You never got me down. All right, you'll never get down. I mean, uh, again, uh, you know, the hard rock uh, was great, but uh, nice. I, I know it's a losing proposition. The Mustang, yeah. I didn't even ask her how much she lost. Not out. I dabbled like nothing because I never have any luck there. Uh, you know, I put like $40 into a uh, video poker machine and evaporated quickly. And uh, I'm looking around. I, I was sitting actually. Uh, they have so many machines there that uh, I, I was just sitting in one of the chairs at the machine pretending that I was playing. And, you know, so nobody would kick me out. Because that's always embarrassing where, you know, one of the uh, people, uh, you know, one of the floor managers comes over and goes, uh, Sir, are, are you going to insert any money into that machine anytime soon? <laughs> You're just like hanging out. You're not at a fucking bus station. <laughs> Hoping people don't bother you. <laughs> and I will say this because I'm a big fan. I mean, one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas or any casino environment, uh, but but Vegas, I guess, is uh, the one that is uh, most conducive to uh, uh, just watching the drift. I, I, you know, in New York City, I didn't mind being a part of the drift. It's it's a quick drift in New York City. Yep, You're yep. hustling. Yep. Yeah. Well, Vegas, uh, you know, you're moving, but you're 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 not all there, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I like to sit at that restaurant, which uh, you know uh, is a great place there. Did you ever eat at that Mon Ami Gabi at the Paris? No, 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 no. You sit outside there. You got the Bellagio fountains across the street, so they're going off every fifteen minutes or so. And you're thinking, uh, aren't they a little short on water here? Was, it is the desert. I was going to say, isn't always droughts out there? Fountains, <laughs> <and> mermaids. <laughs> What was that uh, show they used to have with the water skiers that were, like, uh, in synchronization? Oh. Where, where was that, man? That was always featured, like, uh, Wide World of Sports. Wide World of Sports, sports I was say. The bathing suits. Think about how hideous the bathing suits were <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I mean, really, like, a regular bathing suit would be, like, pasties and a G-string compared to uh, what they were wearing back then. Oh, all all this fluff and puff. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. But, uh, no, the, the drift, as you watch the people go by, is fantastic there. Yes, it is. And the drift at the Hard Rock, I mean, uh, where are these people in South Florida? I never see them anywhere else. Do you? <laughs> where did they all come from? <laughs> and they're all in there, and the 2,500 of them are all in there on a freebie to see Adam Sandler. And uh, it's not a freebie if you get clobbered. In the machines, which I don't know, did he take a drill and calibrate them down to like zero point? There's no regulation there, no, no state regulation. No, no, no. We did it. We did twice. We've because we used to go to a lot of shows, so twice we actually went to a machine, and I don't think we went. I think it just went straight down. <laughs> yeah, right out the window, man. Just a couple of people it. played the machine next to me when I was sitting. You know, just parked there for a while, waiting for the Mustang to finish up. Uh, you know, dropping whatever it was, two, three sticks. And uh, and I keep, you know, I couldn't justify this in my Jewish uh, paranoid mind. I was like, uh, 
I can't believe I'm going to end up paying three hundred dollars to see Adam Sandler. <laughs> Which I, on a Wednesday night, who the fuck would I even go out on? Uh, you know, we're having a hurricane hitting us, and I'm driving across town to see Adam Sandler. <laughs> Me, a guy who grew up. I, I mean, know, I had the I pleasure. Know. I've seen Robin Williams in front of three people on exactly. a Tuesday night. You saw Rock as like at a, the old comedy store at the a, unknown Comic Con. Yeah, as a setup guy. <laughs> you know, Williams gets off the stage, and I guess who gets Andy Kaufman gets up there. And nobody oh, had ever heard of the guy, right? Oh it was a, it was an amazing period of time in comedy, uh, and I was lucky to be a part of it. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm not like overly critical of it, but I, I went there wanting to laugh my ass off. And, you know, needing to, obviously, after, <laughs> uh, you know, the stresses of life. Yeah. And uh, I, I, we, we didn't make it to the end. He oh, still had three guitars that he hadn't you played. You actually left in the middle of it. That's great. <laughs> I gave it every chance. I really oh did. Oh, my God. You left in the middle of it. <laughs> Walked out like I was a Phillies fan. And there were two away in that no-hitter. Let's see. Uh, I just don't want to see it anymore. Oh, my God. Supposedly a really nice guy. And like I said, I mean, my connection to Adam Sandler, uh, he didn't mention his mother-in-law, but he did mention his wife. And I kept thinking of that night where, uh, you know, I I was engaged in uh, some kind of, uh, you know, facial suction with uh, Adam Sandler's mother-in-law. And I'm thinking, what a small world. (laughs) Right. What are the chances? Me up here in Section 206B on a freebie there that cost me three sticks. (laughs) And I have a direct, intimate connection to the family. Of the guy who's performing this big show. Well produced, though. I, I would go there and see other shows. Uh, they, they have some comedians coming up there that I, I'm not that familiar with because I, I, I'm not really watching these comedy specials on Netflix uh, like I used to. And, uh, you know, I, I would go there anytime to, to hope to be more entertained than I was by Adam Sandler. All right, uh, hopefully you're being entertained, and, and we'll come back with more. Uh, we apologize for not having a highly apart trivia challenge. It was Gordy Howe's uh, record, who Alex Ovechkin surpassed most goals by one player with a single franchise. Who else would have been up there, right? Gretzky? Would I was going to say, well, no, Gretzky, as well as he was with Edmonton, he moved young enough where I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have thought him. I was thinking Mario Lemieux. Bruce McNall, man. I mean, another guy that I had uh, contact with, direct contact with, Bob- the owner of the Kings. Yeah, Bobby Hull. Is that, that Bobby Hull, wow, yeah. Bobby Hull. And well, who was the one with the, oh, my God, I can't remember. Chris uh, Rahm is going to hate me. With the Bruins. The great Boston Bruin. Uh, Bobby something, wasn't there? Bobby, the legendary. Not Bobby Orr. Bobby, Bobby Orr. Orr was a, he was a defenseman. He was a defenseman. Yeah, he was a defenseman. He wasn't known for the goal scoring so much, although he did <laughs> score goals. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would think Brett Hull played with one organization a long time, and he was great. I would think Mario Lemieux played with one organization yeah. a long time, and he was great. Like, those are the people. Like, Brett Hull, I think, eventually left. Lemieux would have been a good guess. Those I don't are the know two how many goals I would have for his career. I mean, he's up right, there. Uh, he's up there. Excellent. See, uh, we, we did it. Right? See, I mean, Sarni, we, we talked hockey. Legitimate question. <laughs> What's that? I said, see, Sarni, we talked hockey. Look at you. <laughs> I did that for Sarni. I really did. <laughs> no, I, I, I get a kick out of those things where, I, you know, this is the, the funniest part about all this analysis. Uh, you know, now that the betting is so full-blown and so much a part. I mean, that, that whole sports bar was built there just because yeah, they figured people were going to be sending it in. Uh, at the Hard Rock, and I would have to say it looked like a great place. I mean, it was jamming last night, even though you couldn't bet, and there really weren't that many significant sporting events taking place on TV. And I did see a little bit of the Panther game, and that's why it triggered in my mind. It was like, didn't this guy, uh, exactly. Lavienko or whatever, uh, 
Exactly. Tell me uh, to go ahead and bet on the Carolina Hurricanes with, with, with uh, tremendous logic associated with it. Who, who is the team, uh, by the way? Uh, was it like the University of uh, Babylon out in Long Island that, that knocked off Louisville, Louisville last night? Some random school, just like FSU. We didn't talk about this, so I appreciate that. FSU yeah. lost to Stetson, like, Stetson the day or two Harris. earlier. Uh, you, you had Louisville lose. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I've, I actually had never heard of the school that Louisville lost to. That, that is always embarrassing, right? Like when Syracuse would lose to LeMoyne. <laughs> and LeMoyne is any college. Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Yeah. Who, who are they, man? Pronouncing I mean, it right? Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Did, did Ralph Trollinger still have eligibility? <laughs> and he was, uh, you know, centering there at like 7-2. What I've a skinny never, piece I've, of a rail he was. Huh? <laughs> Imagine following in the footsteps of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Ralph Trollinger. <laughs> That's seven. I was a big UCLA basketball fan back in the day. It was pretty easy to be yeah, a, a I mean, UCLA basketball fan. But, I mean, I was out there. I used to cover some of the games there. And, uh, you know, I got to uh, talk to the uh, wizard there a few times, John Wooden. Always very accommodating and uh, very kind of uh, grandfatherly in the way that he uh, presented himself, even to a young schmanky reporter like me. I had a good time out there. I got to uh, meet a lot of good people, including... The great Dusty Baker. See, the, the one thing the that day. sucks about Hard Rock, and it's like you're saying, is the casino is supposed to be the thing, but you know instantly you're going to lose money. That's why. That's what's cool about Hialeah is like you literally at least know you have a shot. Like when the, when you go yeah. with this thing to Hard Rock, you're just automatically writing off three hundred dollars. You're like, okay, whatever tonight is, it's automatically four, three, four hundred dollars. I, I feel like as soon as I park my car, I feel like <laughs> a, a new fish at Oz. If you remember that prison show, where, where they send you right down to the Aryan. <laughs> you know, race. <laughs> like, I don't want to go down there. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I mean, for me, I mean, a hopeless degenerate gambler. Uh, you know, and I, I like playing uh, cage. I mean, I, I enjoy like sitting. Uh, yeah, yeah, have a shot. Maybe at this video poker. I had some wins there, but I literally put a uh, staple on my wallet. <laughs> I said I'm going to invest two twenties in this, and if I happen to catch lightning in a bottle, great. But otherwise. I'll wait for the Mustang. I, I know. I mean, they carried her out of there in a body bag. <laughs> well, because that's the thing is you're you're you know she's automatically going to lose there. So like you have to count. Yeah. You're like if she's going to lose, how much can I afford to lose? Oh, and, and she was on a mission from God, man. It was Blues <laughs> Brothers. It, it really was. <laughs> Who I would have rather seen the Blues a Brothers have been there. From God. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you were going to have ex Saturday Night Live uh, alumni uh, on, or I guess uh, alumni from Saturday Night Live, then why, why not? Uh, you know, Aykroyd and a and a dead Belushi would have been. If they just put Belushi's body on the stage, it would have been funnier. Oh Jesus! Even in a decomposed state. <laughs> oh God! Than Adam Sandler was last night at the Hard Rock. <laughs> what a disgrace I am to his mother-in-law too. I mean, uh, you know, she she seemed like a very nice lady. All right, um, we're coming back with more. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about here on the show. Our uh, podcast today on Believe Network is going to feature Brandon Lang, or so we hope. Uh, yeah, he's been Mr. Reliable, man. Yeah, I mean, been on this it. guy's become Lou Gehrig all of a sudden, yep. uh, the Iron Man. Yep. So uh, we'll have his uh, selections. They're always a hoot in the presentation also. Yeah, and there's an over-under proposition on all our Brandon Lang interviews on Believe yes. of uh, how many seconds into his appearance on the show is he going to mention trannies or transgender people? Yes. And talk about, you know, a giant schlong, basically. Yes. It, it's like he has a weird hang up about that. Yes. What, what is that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, does it make you feel a little uncomfortable? I know. It, I mean, in all honesty, I'm going to laugh about it, so I don't really worry about it. But yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, a I mean, uh, yeah it's, 
it's comical because it's his wheelhouse. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's an interesting but, place to go. <laughs> yeah. I never think about it, right? Do you? I mean, no, I just why laugh. don't we put uh, like transgender material into our uh, never, our never, 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 yeah, never. That's not our thing. But it's fine. Get your own. I had some other notes here, but uh, we'll get to it. Huh? Okay. Um, oh, oh, and the Bruins. Yeah, that was another big story. That disgrace with the Bruins, with this uh, Mitchell Miller guy. Did you read that story? No. What? Did you anything about it? Uh, where the guy was convicted in juvenile court uh, of uh, abusing a, 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 you know, a mentally, uh, you know, a challenged uh, a young black kid, and uh, you know, disparaging, uh, just uh, beat the crap out of him, bullying him. I uh, was constantly referring him to, you know, referring to him with the N word, mm. and the Bruins signed the kid. Oh God. Uh, now, this was a few years ago. Cam Neely, the uh, president of the Bruins, uh, is, uh, you know, I mean, he, if you ever wanted to see a guy who looked distraught at a press conference, it was this guy when he was trying to explain Thanks why they me. eventually reversed their opinion about uh, giving this guy another chance, which uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, should he be condemned for life, Luby? Pretty disgraceful. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, this was in juvenile court. It was a. Uh, uh, a young uh, black kid but with uh, disabilities, and he was abusing him. Uh, very veiled Kyrie Irving-like apology after that. That was the other weird thing. Uh, what, what was this group that was uh, picketing outside of uh, in Kyrie's support? Yeah, outside I, well, the uh, I, Brooklyn Arena. Black people. The black Hebrew Israelites or something. Black, what was that one? It, 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 it's weird. There's been a they, weird They sounded pretty this. radical, whoever the hell they are, man. No. Well, no, there's been a weird thing where because African-Americans want to, you know, be one. I'm, and I'm not hating. I understand supporting your brothers and sisters. I get it. But like if a Jew, like when Madoff, who was Jewish, was a fucking criminal, yeah. I was like, well, you know. No, there's no way you know. If a guy's a criminal, he's a, like Kyrie's wrong. This whole He had no idea what the hell he was talking about. He did defend. He promoted a film that is massively anti-Semitic. And literally, it, it literally denies the Holocaust. I thought we were done with the denying of the Holocaust. Yeah. And so just because he's black in skin does not mean you have to defend him. And that's the problem with what's going on is a lot of black people are like, well, see, they're getting the black person down. Do you even know why they're jumping on him this time? Because this isn't the white person crazy, jumping yeah. after him. It's Jews who have gone through actually more than you've gone through throughout history trying to defend themselves because things go really wrong really fast when people start – Jumping on the Jews, so that, that's the problem. That, that's what's going on now. Is like I don't know if they're far. I don't know if they're radical. That's what scares me. Is it's not it, radical. It has to. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, every day Adam Silver has to just have his hands in his face, <laughs> <laughs> thinking, "Why did I ever allow Kyrie Irving uh, exactly, you know, to exactly. play basketball? We had him. He was out. Should have just made a thing. If you're not vaccinated, you can't play in the NBA. Exactly. Period. You have to be vaccinated with something, anything." Just, uh, you know, I mean, a little inoculation there. All right, now we're coming back with more. A lot to do here on the program. Uh, a lot of oddball stories that we're surrounding sports. Hey, another big weekend of football on tap. Uh, a lot of things to bet on. College basketball. I mean, imagine you had, uh, what was that team? That team? Bartholomew University? It was that beat Be- Louisville. I mean, imagine Bellardine. you had them on the money line. Bellardine. But, was there anybody out there in our listening audience or viewing Bellardine. audience that had them on the money line? No, Bellarmine? Where How is drunk it? would you have to be to have them on the money line? <laughs> How much more in the know would you have to be than this uh, Michael LaBeouf, or whatever his name was, that uh, buried us last night with the uh, Hurricanes with, with sound, just, uh, I mean, very principled logic. 
And 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 that's where you know you, you have to kind of think outside the, the normal framework of uh, you know a, anything that would uh, make sense from a logical standpoint. If you're if you're going to be a, a degenerate gambler, no, you have to, Luby. By 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 its very nature, it's going to defy logic. What's going to take place if you can kind of get on that line, that wavelength? Well. Those those streaks are very short lived, much like the uh, Mustangs run of luck uh, on the slot machines. I, I I don't even want to know how much I paid to see Adam Sandler last night. Oh Jesus! You actually? Oh, you just mean by the Stangs activity? Oh yeah, no losses at the machines count. <laughs> Stang bought a round Food, of drinks, drinks uh, yeah, in drinks the theater there, and a and a popcorn that was no, like uh, the size like of this cup. It's like thirty right? bucks. It might be forty yeah. bucks. Fifty four dollars. Oh, 50. <laughs> Jesus. $54, man. I wanted to <laughs> oh, my shit my pants. Oh, my God. I nearly fired a popcorn at Sandler. <laughs> I was going to be like that guy in Astros Parade looking at that bum Ted Cruz. Oh, my God. Trying to uh, steal in on the, uh, you know, the. Uh, that, that was the best uh, thing. Uh, Mayo sent us. Uh, I don't know if everybody's seen it, but, uh, you know, it, it was uh, being circulated on uh, social media. And that was uh, Ted Cruz getting cursed out at Yankee Stadium. That was the best. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. That was the best. <laughs> In a long, long time, when the Yankee fans, they didn't even give a shit that uh, Houston had just beat them. Yeah. They were like, Cruz, you scumbag. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't and even he's a waving thing. like a typical, you know. He's hey, just hey, smiling. How you doing, man? <laughs> You're the booze cascading. This was one of the best versions of the Bronx cheer I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, obviously, having worked at zillions of games there at the Shea Stadium over the years, uh, I pretty much had heard it all. And also, you know, being a fan of New York City, uh, you know, the, the fans were far more, I mean, uh, critical uh, if, uh, you know, considering that L.A. is supposed to be this blase town. But uh, those boxing matches at the Olympic Auditorium, that was probably the most critical of fans. They, they weren't afraid to boo their own guy, but they would do it at the right time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like you were thinking, wow, that's appropriate, man. They're just booing Salvador Sanchez, like the greatest mm-hmm. fighter of all time, maybe. Because, uh, you know what? He coasted in that seventh round. He just sat there and boom, boom, boom. And that was it. All right, we're coming back with more here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Louie Lubitz. We'll uh, have a Degenerate Friday, full-blown Degenerate Friday tomorrow. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, been on fire. Later on, we have Brandon Lang, two for the money. So Lang, by the way, yes. did his thing. From what I have, he was 6-1-1 one one last week, which is freaking insane. Uh, you know, and, and you know, we, we're all about accountability on this program. So we're not going to tell you the guy was six one and one when uh, you know no, he, he was, was one and five. No, yeah. he was he did really well last week. I mean, the last couple of weeks haven't uh, been his strongest. His strongest. His, his logic is great. I mean, so, yes. so is this guy's, but unfortunately, his picks were bad. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Lang the last couple weeks wasn't great, but they were close. It was like he yeah. got screwed at the end of the game. That guy was just wrong. <laughs> like the Panthers annihilated. It was a the burial. Yeah. <laughs> Total domination. <laughs> like it wasn't close. <laughs> I love that when that happens. I, I don't know why. I get to. Uh, I mean, post race handicapping is always easy, isn't well, it? Obviously. Yeah, I told you the three couldn't lose. No, you didn't. No, you, you didn't say a you word. You bet your asshole. money on a two and you were screaming for the nine. <laughs> exactly. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're a confused, uh, degenerate asshole, is what you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, my God. I told you the three was going to win all along. All right, we're coming back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Did we mention Hylia Park, the place to go over to Hard Rock and all of this other place? 
I mean, uh, the vibe you feel there at Hylia Park, tremendous. Yeah, it's great. It, it really is. Well, you like feel at Hard Rock, see, I don't gamble a lot, but the only time we did gamble, the two times I sat next to Shirley just stressing out because I knew yeah. she wasn't going to win. Ice cold. Ice. Like, you knew it. Like, Hialeah, you're happy because you don't. You know you have a shot. Like, you know there's a chance. Like, uh, as soon as I walk out of the car, I, I hear Facenda exactly, in my head. Exactly. The frozen tundra <laughs> of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Exactly. Lambo Field. Name for the great Curly Lambeau, who reigns supreme over the National Football League in its most glorious era of greatness. Right? And you're thinking, uh, wow, I mean, I am going into the frozen tundra right now, and it's called the slot machines <laughs> at the Hard Rock Casino. No regulation, uh, movie. No, no, no. Not that there was going to be a lot of regulation with DeSantis and that satchel full of cash. Come on, Ronnie. Where'd you get the money for all those commercials? All right, uh, back with more in a moment. Now, now that. The time. Are we spreading lies here on the show? Political lies? It's uh, 8.09. Maybe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine foods served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people there is truly only one place and that one place is catholic health services these days we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it thank goodness for landlubbers raw bar and grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible first of all they're not only open for delivery and pickup all you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery their hours have changed a little bit monday through thursday from 3 30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 1130 to 10, you're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Oh, Solo Volante will be coming late. Oh, Solo Volante. The Belmont's now a mile and an eight. The finish line is coming up quick. Luca Panici, just switch the stick. The only way to get your morning started is with Depot, joined by Luby, right here on The Depot Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, normally a uh, highly apart trivia challenge day. Dave Gurgles, Gurgles, a very late scratch. As uh, often was the case with the polymath. 
who would call me occasionally from the parking lot of Hialeo when we were going down there to do the show on the radio for many years and say, Defo, we can't make it today. I said, but when I was walking in, I saw your car in the parking lot. You were there. It looked like you were reading a racing form. I just can't come inside. Uh, you know, and uh, you would have to, you know, talk him out of it. And, and he would eventually come in. And he would come, uh, you know, schlumping in there. And as soon as the light went on, it was great. It was like magic. You had the polyman and uh, certainly would have been far more entertaining than Adam Sandler was last night at the Hard Rock. I can't complain. It was a free show. I mean, the, the production on the thing was good, too. I mean, uh, the, the sound system in there, fantastic. I'm not sure. People were complaining. I had some musician friends that were uh, there for the show with uh, Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. And Hall and Oates, and they were saying that the uh, they weren't together, but two separate shows, and they were saying the sound system wasn't all that great. But I don't know. I thought I thought it was wonderful last night. I would have to give it to him. It's just not worth four or five hundred dollars to see Adam Sandler. Well, you didn't have to gamble. Now you sound like my mother, Luby. <laughs> you sound like my mother. May she rest in peace. She knew some of that inheritance money was going up in uh, you know, I mean literally. I mean smoke signals there. At the Hard Rock, uh, she, she she would have been happy about it, that's for sure. All right, uh, I want to dive into some of your territory here, Libby. Are you on your game today when it comes to, uh, you know, traditional, yes. hardcore, topical, typical sports talk? I want to engage or indulge in some of that. Is that okay, people? I'm not sure uh, that everybody's buying in on this. Um, NBA, all right? That's your uh, that's your wheelhouse. Sure. Uh, the I watched a little of the Clippers and the Lakers last night. Now, while LeBron James left the game uh, injured, uh, had to be, I guess, in the second half because I was watching some of the first half of that ball game. Uh, that the Lakers are two and nine comes as what level of surprise to you, Mister uh, Wojnarowski? Uh, and uh, you know uh, who was the other guy? Uh, and I can't believe his name escapes me. Sham. Right I mean, Shams is the other guy. That's a big deal now. Um, no, no, not the insider guy. Oh, who are you talking about? The guy on ESPN that we Nagler? always used to make fun of. Oh. No, we like no the, the the fat guy that uh, oh you're and, uh, Windhorst Windy Windhorst Ryan Windhorst Windhorst your favorite. I mean, uh, would Windhorst have been surprised that the uh, the Lakers are two and nine on the season two and F and nine will be? I mean, uh, that they're they're only better than like one team I, I think uh, in a Western Conference right now, and uh, that would be the lowly uh, Houston Rockets. How, how long are they allowed to suck for? Before Adam Silver conducts an investigation there into uh, Tillman Fertitta, who, uh, <laughs> you know, as far as we're concerned, not that we carry a grudge there, Raymond Floyd, but is a major league asshole, is he not? <laughs> I found out he owned uh, one of the restaurants, uh, Del Fresco's or whatever, that I ate at there. And had I known that, I would have never. Never eaten there. <laughs> I don't think it was all that great anyway, but uh, I would never go back there. I much prefer the steakhouse at the Circus Circus. But um, what do you think? How, how big? Two and nine, Luby. Orlando has more wins. I mean, I I didn't think they'd necessarily be horrendous, but I didn't think they'd be good. Like I thought they would be in that like nine to twelve range in the West. So I mean, the fact that they're I guess even further below is a surprise in that regard. But the the roster is not constructed well. LeBron is older. Anthony Davis doesn't stay healthy. I mean, it's that simple. And even when yeah. Andy Davis is healthy now, he's not the he's not the same guy. He's just he's not a top five player guy anymore. And LeBron puts up great stats, but they're empty. Like they're just someone has to score and rebound, so LeBron gets the stats. But they're not a good team. And I find it 
I find it interesting that there's still a topic because any other team, like we don't talk about the Kings. The Kings have a better record than the, the Lakers, and I get it. They're the Lakers, LeBron and Anthony Davis, but are they? Yeah. You know, they're not. Like they're just Well, not. it's hard to imagine any team that has LeBron James, uh, you know, at any level of uh, functional play uh, by his standards, which he obviously hasn't, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of fallen apart that badly. I mean, he still, last year, he was an MVP Yes. Candidate. And, yes, that's and very great. likely could have won the MVP of the league. And, and this year, uh, he's been okay. He's acquitted himself uh, pretty well. It doesn't look like he's all of a sudden a shot fighter or one of those guys that from one year to the next just deteriorates uh, completely. But, I, I mean, any team with LeBron James on it that's 2-9, and nine, can you imagine? You imagine you're at the park and you got a guy that's the uh, park equivalent of LeBron James and you, and you win 2 out of 11 games? No, it doesn't happen. Yeah, crazy stuff. It's just weird. All right, Milwaukee's uh, off to a 10-1 start. Yes, um, to what level of surprise uh, in the Mike Luby Lubitz yeah. NBA analysis, uh, you know, uh, category is the fact that uh, Cleveland is eight and three with Donovan Mitchell. Cleveland eight I, and three. I thought they'd be they better. Had to lose, they had to lose a couple lately because I think they were like yeah, six and one. They were like six and one. I, I yeah. thought they'd be better, obviously, with Donovan Mitchell. I didn't think they would contend. Um, and look, you're seeing the Warriors struggling out the gate. You're seeing the Heat struggling out the gate. The Clippers are sort of struggling a little bit. Like I, I the Bucks because of how last year ended, you could tell that they're one of those good teams that was going to come out and punch people in the mouth because they wanted to prove with, um, because last name with Chris, whatever the hell his last name is, Middleton with Middleton back. See, they're the real champions. Da, 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 da. So I could see them being good, but most of the really good teams are sort of struggling. So, I mean, I, the Cavs have something to prove. They added Mitchell. I think they're legit. I think they'll be like a top six seed. I don't know if they're going right. to contend in the East. All right, final thing. Uh, is, uh, you know, this is this is top notch. We, we could be on, like, first take. Or we for shows. sure can't. Well, we're not yelling we're, at we're, each other. We're tearing this apart, man. You're like Kendrick Perkins all of a sudden. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, what do uh, Detroit, Orlando, and Charlotte have in common? Oh, Jesus. Detroit, Orlando, and Charlotte. Besides the fact that they all stink. I was going to say they're better than the Heat. <laughs> no, they're the only teams worse than the Heat in the oh, Eastern really? Conference. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Good call there. Four and seven, Miami. What do you make of that, Mr. Uh, Heat? I don't know. Is it time to fire Spolster? Did they, yeah, uh, need to hear a new voice? <laughs> they need a new voice. <laughs> Does Riley need to come down from uh, his executive suite? I don't think that's happening. Coach the team again in some kind of mutiny? I, no? I, like, I'm not, like, uh, panicking or anything, but, it, I mean, we're almost at a quarter of the season, and they haven't gotten better. Their defense is not good. Their offense was supposed to be their calling card, and it's not elite. I, the Oladipo thing is sort of screwed them. Like, he w- was healthy all offseason. He was supposed to come in and surprise people with how healthy he was, and now he has a knee issue that may be chronic. So then if that's the case, then he's never going to be the same, and he was supposed to be a big part of this team. And Kyle Lowry's, he he's added some representative games, but he's he's sort of done, you know. And then Jimmy Butler, when they looked uh, like they were getting a little Andrew, uh, weak hurt. defensively, also. Well, they're horrible defense. I mean, no, no, they're not good yeah. defensively. And that was the thing; they were supposed to be focusing on offense more, so you'd lose defense. But their offense isn't great. Like if you're going to do that, then you have to have a great offense, and they don't. Like Caleb Martin was supposed to grow. All the young guys are supposed to be better. Struess has been solid, but like Vincent hasn't gotten better. Heroes played yeah. well. Heroes played well, but Bam's been inconsistent. Like, I think they'll figure it out, and I think they'll be a top five seed. But I don't know if we're going to see them in the conference finals like we did last year. No, it isn't looking that way. Certainly not trending that way at four and seven. But uh, you know, we we shall see if they can put it together. Uh, one of those hideous losses uh, took place without Jimmy Butler. Uh, the way they lost this game to Portland was almost disgraceful. 
leaving a guy wide open uh, in the corner for a three-point shot to uh, put it away. Uh, although all he needed was uh, you know two. to go to the stripe and hit one. Yep. But uh, with zero seconds, I mean that that was a true buzzer beater, and uh, right through the basket there with nobody. I mean nobody near him. Right? How do you how do you leave that guy wide open if you're uh, a defender? I mean what's you know what, what, the guy that's dribbling a basketball, he's going to have a tough time getting a shot off uh, of any kind of you know significance in terms of being on balance and having a chance a big chance to make it. Why not let uh, an off-balance, uh, you know, uh, you know, a dribbler, uh, you know, uh, be forced to take the shot? But it definitely covered a guy in the corner. Yep. Right. How do you not have uh, somebody out there? That was crazy. Spolster should have uh, get a to, huh? <laughs> All right. A little bit disappointing. A little bit deflating there uh, at, at the start for the uh, Miami Heat. Yes. Uh, you know, we we talked uh, with the great Ethan Scoop Skolnick, who, who uh, certainly knows the organization and the franchise. Now, now has he just been immersed in uh, Heat basketball so long that he now also is part of the culture? He's biased. Where you're thinking, no matter what happens, I mean, this is also, I mean, it's been said in the political arena also that no matter what happens, uh, you know, we're going to ignore uh, the obvious flaws and just say it's all going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to win. Exactly. He, he was very optimistic about how uh, the loss of uh, P.J. Tucker uh, wasn't really going to have any big impact uh, on the Miami Heat. I, I don't know that it has been an overwhelming impact, but, I mean, he, he was at least a guy they brought in for some defensive presence. Yep. And, I mean, every time I'm turning on the TV and watching Heat basketball, which has been in, in brief segments, the other team is literally, it, it, it looks like they're in the old Red Sea, doesn't it? <laughs> they're just blowing by them for layups. Unchallenged, uncontested. Uh, if it is contested, it's at the end when the guy fouls him after the shot and he sends him to strike for a three-point shot. And Spolster's losing some hair. Have you seen that? <laughs> this won't be the first coach that went bald well, we know coaching Ronnie. this team. Ronnie Rusty. Yeah, we know. Right? Had a big Jewish fro when, when he was uh, first coaching the team. And then by the end of the uh, you know first season, towards the uh, beginning of the second season, psh- Bald as an eagle. All right. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Great place to hang out. The book is out. Swagger. It's uh, drawing rave reviews from many, many places. And uh, we're going to make the arrangements to get down there. And we'll let everybody know. And we'd love to have you come down to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill and experience what we've been showing you now for the last couple of years. And that is how wonderful this place is at Mile Marker 104, the Overseas Highway. This weekend, at least according to what I saw in the projected forecast, is going to be spectacular. It looks beautiful. And, and and like early next week, I mean, you know, might be a good time to get away before the holidays. So, you know, make a little holiday for yourself down in the Keys. Combinations are phenomenal there. Uh, and, and even if you're not staying on the grounds, which they, they do have limited accommodations, uh, great place to hang out all day long, right? Leave that little schlupper box of a motel room that uh, you uh, booked because uh, everything else was outrageously priced. And... Go hang out at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. They, they love having you at the pool, at the tiki bar, in the sports bar, out there on the beach enjoying water sports, uh, cocktails, all kinds of fine dining, casual dining, whatever it is that you fancy, they have it for you there. And uh, not in the typical Keys sort of quasi-Bahamas mode of service. They want to make sure you have a good time and they're top-notch. I mean, you're, you're getting white glove treatment there in, in the most casual of atmospheres at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. It's mile marker 104, the Overseas Highway, right there in uh, Key Largo. As soon as you get out of Florida City, 
make a beeline and, and then make a right. Boom. If you're going south, if you're coming the other way and, and you're just, uh, you know, or in Key West or Island Marana or any place else, uh, Marathon, uh, stop in at the Big Chill there and uh, finish off your Keys vacation in style. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile marker 104 of the Overseas Highway in Key Largo. All right, coming back with more here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Once again, tomorrow, Degenerate Friday. And uh, that'll feature Mark Lawrence, uh, the Greek. Also be joining us uh, on the program. The professor, is he in this week? I think so. Yeah, he apologized for last week. He did really well in that Coastal Carolina game, and he was uh, (laughs) he slept in. So he apologized, and he will be back for tomorrow's festivities. He celebrates these kind of victories, uh, you know, and that's also the mark of a true degenerate, uh, but somebody who gets it. He celebrates these victories like he just won the World Series. <laughs> well, he, it was one of his bigger plays. And, you know, when he has a big play, it's a big wow. play. <laughs> Imagine this, though. I mean, how, how sophisticated about this stuff do you have to be to have one of your monster plays be Coastal Carolina on a Wednesday night against, uh, <laughs> what was that, what was that? Schmink Tech it was or a Thursday. It was Appalachian State. Um, it was Appalachian a th- it State. It was a Thursday yeah. night. <laughs> it doesn't matter what night it was. It was still. Think about it. <laughs> I know. I know. Your nine-star gold yeah. seal, double wheels, super platinum play of the century. Yep. Is Coastal Carolina in football. He knows his stuff. Which I told you many years ago. Uh, I mean, this has to go back over 30 years. Uh, maybe even longer. Uh, I was friendly with this guy, Billy Mims. I've mentioned him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew him. He was the head coach of basketball at Barry University. And he was also a sick degenerate. Uh, and, and he ended up uh, coaching in England, professional basketball in England, and then became a big-time commentator there. But uh, he, he knew more about college basketball. I, I used to have him on my shows all the time than anybody I'd ever spoken with. He knew everything about it, Luby. It was fantastic. It was like, it was like uh, Dick Hoops Weiss in a young man's body and mind, and, and very expressive also. And a uh, long, long time ago, man, he, he mentioned Coastal Carolina as a team to watch out for. I think they had somehow slipped into the NCAA tournament. They, they ended up winning a game or two. And uh, I thought, wow, that, that's the first I'd ever heard of them. Now in football, Luby, are you kidding me? That's your five-star game of the century? Yeah, I mean, they were, I guess, getting points, and they ended up winning outright. Yeah, dominated that ball game. It, it was uh, fairly entertaining. I would imagine wildly so. He did well, yes. It, he enjoyed it. <laughs> How many dimes are we talking about there? I know that he, he was very confident about that game, and it was a big play for him. He he, wow. made, sure, he made sure to say that. <laughs> money management, my friend. Put your money where uh, you, you think your best chance to win is. All right, uh, back with more in a moment here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby-Lewitz. Good job there with your NBA analysis, Luby. I haven't watched I mean, that much, uh, really Only Hubie Brown, man. <laughs> I haven't really watched a lot. You haven't seen none of those teams play, except for maybe the I just saw the Heat versus the Warriors. That's the only time I've seen them play. And they actually played good in that game. <laughs> that was it, yeah. No, I, I've seen I've seen enough Heat basketball to uh, feel uh, very uncomfortable about the way they perform at the defensive end of the floor. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a long way to go in a season. At one time, they were 11 and 30, and they went and uh, reversed that and went 30 and 11 yes. the following year. And, and that, unfortunately, influenced Pat Riley for one of the rare times where he went off the rails, Riley, and started rewarding people that uh, like uh, Dion Waiters. Yep. And uh, who James, was the Johnson guy that James had the three-point shots? James Johnson, Dion Waiter, Kelly Olynyk, and even Whiteside, oh I think, had a deal around that time. It wasn't great. I'll say this for Olenek. I know you're not an Olenek fan, but but he <laughs> acquits himself as a very useful component. Yes. 
with a lot of teams. He actually does help teams out. He, he just frustrated yes. me here. You hated him like poison, Olenek. Um, all right, coming back with more here in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 828. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. You can't fake caring. Women can sense this immediately. You don't really care. You didn't really want to do any of this. We now return to the Defoe Show. A uh, slot player on a mission at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. Could be a dangerous commodity. Uh, <laughs> like we say, uh, gambling for two is not like eating Chateaubriand. Uh, like All right, welcome back to the show. Well, good to have you guys with us here on this uh, Thursday. Uh, we always thank the people of Hylia Park for supporting the program. And uh, apologize for not having the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. Late scratch, Dave Gurgles Gurgly with uh, his real job. But okay, the, uh, and I love Polly Man, but his late scratches would be literally late scratches. Like you would think yes. he's showing up, you're ready for him, and then as you're there, you'd get a text. Oh, like Gurgles is the opposite. Gurgles lets you know ahead of time, and then does everything he can to be there, and then last minute lets you know because he was trying to be there and feels bad that he can't. So yeah, I love Polly Man, but they were a little <laughs> a little different in their the atmosphere around their late scratches. I don't think anybody uh, in this lifetime uh, any shrink. I mean, even going back. You could take uh, all of the greats, right? Sigmund Freud himself would be confused by the polymath. <laughs> and, uh, what level of stress that man was living on. <laughs> there were the days when we were seriously worried about him. I mean, he's still going strong. And I love this yeah, man. He's like a longtime brother for me. I mean, yeah, he's one of my favorite guy. people I've ever come across in my life. Uh, the polymath, uh, you know, just, just a, a sweetheart of a, yeah. an individual there. But uh, with the share of, and this is what uh, made it uh, great, was he was able to illuminate. And this is what we're trying to do, I guess. And I think we do okay with that. To illuminate the plight of the degenerate. <laughs> Realizing you're going to fuck things up. <laughs> but I don't know that anybody, uh, there was no measurable you know, way to tangibly you know, figure out what level of stress this man was living under. And there was a period there. Remember when he was coming to the radio station? He had scored some deal on some advertising, and yet uh, it, it was presented to him with the obligation that he show up and, and, you know, and be on these shows like on a regular basis. Right. I think whoever, you know, had uh, gone ahead and agreed to uh, 
uh, have him do the endorsement said, hey, yeah, but we want you on the show, Smalley Man, right? And, and he was under a particularly, I mean, uh, uh, just a- almost uh, the most oppressive, you know, that commercial for what is it? Some kind of condition where you can't breathe, CP or something oh. or whatever. With, we got the elephant standing on the CP. guy's chest. Is it CPD? That might be with an O. I don't know. No, I know. Oh, COPD. Isn't it COPD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call there, Louie. Nice yeah. one, man. You get your diseases messed up <laughs> well, after all the uh, same. watching TV <laughs> for a great period of time. And I'm, I'm a, an avid television viewer, so, uh, you know. But but it seems like it's it's all the same stuff, right? Yes. Where, uh, you know, I mean, and and all of it has such evil and, I mean, I mean, so, so such dastardly side effects that uh, unless you want to walk around with a shit stain in your pants all the time, I mean, you're almost better off dealing with the pain, are you not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially if you're in a crowd like we were last night at the Hard Rock. I've become particularly sensitive, too, to people coughing around me. Have you? I mean, if COVID has done anything, I used to cough, used to say, I I don't even like buy into this, that that whole God bless you thing. I was like, what, what is that? Well, I would say so, it, yeah, so you're on the verge of death. Uh, I mean, no, what, what, what is it? Necess- you know, the necessity to have God bless you after a guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never broke it down. I had a kid next to me, not a kid, but a young guy, a young uh, Hispanic guy. And he, he was very much into the Adam Sandler thing. I think he thought it was uh, highly enjoyable. And, uh, and and it was, like I said, uh, building up to everything but Sandler. Uh, and and you were waiting i mean the audience was was so willing i mean so open to you know just receiving him in the 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 most welcoming of way that uh, even when he was mumbling his way through the first 40 minutes of the act it was like (laughs) but this kid was coughing uh, like the whole night not not it didn't sound like a a diseased covid (laughs) see the cough doesn't bother the cough bothered me during the primetime COVID, um, that's the thing that bothers me is the getting in my space. I've never been claustrophobic. I literally yeah. was one of those when I was like 17, we'd go to the all ages and literally yeah. like you'd be in a club like this, sweating the minute you walk in and I never gave a shit. Ever since yeah. COVID, when people come over to me, it weirds me out. Get like, out of my face. It yeah. really weirds me out. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like, and my job okay. is to be a host and be like, all right, what's going on, brother? But like, no, no. Over there. I, I never uh, liked uh, close talkers. It wears me out. The guy now. that gets right in your face and goes, hey, Defoe, you know, I used to listen to you all the time on the radio. It stresses me out. I was like, that's great, man. And I really, I do. I appreciate it. I, you don't know how humbling it is. It, it honestly is to have people telling you, you know, things that you used to say or whatever, yep, or yep. like this or that about whatever your shows were. And um, I, I will say this, that since we haven't been doing the radio show, I mean, people became even more appreciative of it than ever. Yes, I believe that, yeah, because yes, they've yes. been subjected to Brady Quinn every day. <laughs> is he still even on the show? I don't even know. I know. I, well, that is the most interesting thing. Most national shows, good or bad, get yeah. some publicity somewhere. Yeah. I've never, ever heard anyone ever talk about that show. Like, I didn't hear what ever. Brady Quinn had to say the other day. Never. That was great. Never. Like, nobody's coming up to Brady Quinn 20 years later and saying, uh, yeah, hey, remember when you said this? No. That ain't nah, happening. Good or bad. It's a shame that industry yeah, went right into the toilet here. All right. Uh, we, we don't want to disparage nah, uh, what we used what to do uh, anymore because we're doing this. And um, all right. I'm looking at some games here, uh, okay. Luby, on the college football slate. Okay. 
All right. Yes. Uh, and the you know, one one of the ones of great interest we mentioned Texas and TCU. Yes. Uh, Texas a seven point favorite at home against Texas Christian, yeah. who has been one of the Cinderella teams all year long. They're undefeated. Uh, they they have been suspect in terms of their opposition. Yes. They have been vulnerable to their opposition, yep. as suspect as that may have been. And yet, because they're undefeated and, and are now like a, a media darling. Uh, people like watching them. They're scoring all the time, rapid pace. Yeah, uh, Max Duggar, their quarterback, is good. Like, yeah. They have a legit quarterback. It's just I can't tell you anyone else on their team. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell are they? Man? I don't know. I don't know. All right, that, that, that's one of uh, many, many good games. I mean, uh, very curious to see what happens. Lane Kiffin versus yes. the devil himself. Yes, that's one where Kevin can get on my nerves a little bit, but I do love how he gets on Saban's nerves. I, I will always have a fondness in my heart now for Lane Kiffin. As many uh, disparaging remarks are uh, made about uh, Kiffin and, uh, you know, all of the, uh, you know, crazy stuff that he does with the uh, co-eds and all the assertions that are, uh, you know, out there circulating. Joey about, Freshwater. Uh, his affinity for freshmen. Joey Freshwater. That's like, yeah. like his online name. <laughs> the guy's a good-looking cat, and, uh, you know, he, he obviously has had tremendous financial success uh, being the youngest guy to coach uh, a head coaching uh, position in the NFL. Yep. And then uh, what? I mean, he's had any number of US, uh, just dynamic college jobs. Tennessee, then yeah. USC, then Phil Ford Fast to be Alabama's offensive coordinator, then FAU and Ole Miss. Unbelievable. Yeah, and doing a good job pretty much anywhere. It was remarkable what he did at uh, FAU. It was. It was. was it not? Yes. However, he did it. I mean, they're not under any. Uh, is it because no. uh, the NCAA has no power anymore and they don't look into schools? Uh, you know, they're not thinking, hey, well, wouldn't FAU be the kind of team they would put on a 10 year <laughs> yes. death penalty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> for buying a kid a cheeseburger. 100%. Look, they just did an FSU for a guy that paid back the money. <laughs> for basketball, though, you're not wrong. Right. When it comes to fo- basketball, they still have some power. And football, if you notice, there's no suspensions. Nothing, man. There's yeah. no penalties Nothing anymore. ever, <laughs> No investigations anymore. Every team in the league, I mean, in college football, Division One, used to be under double-secret probation. Yes, no? 100%. And with certain teams, it was, uh, you know, open, transparent probation. Yes. Because, uh, you know, I mean, if the Hurricanes had a guy that, that passed gas <laughs> in an elevator, they, they were under investigation for, uh, you know, violations of a criminal uh, nature. Unbelievable. And, 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 you know, all of a sudden, like 14 scholarships would be taken away. Sonny Hirsch would blow a gasket every time something like that happened, too, even when it was more than well-deserved. I was going to say, it wasn't always fictitious. I mean, with the Canes. No, it was no. Stuff. I mean, it was a lot of stuff there that we used to kind of gloss over there with Paul D. <laughs> exactly. Ah, Paul, the suspensions, obviously. I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> how victimized do you feel? And uh, Are you demanding an apology? How victimized? <laughs> that would be on the uh, Hurricane Hotline. Oh, God. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, so once in a while, we might have shelled for these teams. All right. So what do you think? Alabama, Ole Miss. Where, where are you going there? Uh, a lot of people like uh, Mississippi in this game. In fact. Getting almost 12. I mean, that's that's a big uh, line. And Ole Miss five can out of score. Seven. Five out of seven handicappers are picking Mississippi Miss with can, the points. can run the ball, and which is something they haven't in the past. And they still have a really good quarterback in Jackson Dart. And their defense is improved. And Kiffin, you know Kiffin <laughs> loves to go yeah. after Saban. So, and, and, and it's 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 a weird place because Alabama. Well, and his defense is is not good. 
I mean, yeah. they're giving up a lot of points oh, to the Alabama Crimson Yeah, Bama's side. defense. Like, Saban, it's interesting because it could go either way, right? Like, Saban, the Bama's down. Saban doesn't, wants to prove something. But a lot of the times we've seen with Alabama, like in the bowl games at least, when there's nothing to play for, we've seen them get rocked. Like, there have been yes. a few bowl games where when it was not for the playoffs or championship where they lost by 20 because they just don't give a shit. I'm that, That's what I'm curious about is does Saban rally the troops and finish strong and get into the top five or does he lose them, which he is. I, I, I think had. he loses them. That would be fun. Uh, so does uh, the pigskin prophet, Howie Kasoy. Here's the analysis. Uh, see what you think of this. Yeah. All right, uh, he says, take Mississippi plus 11 and a hook. All right. That's yeah. a very generous allotment of points for a, lot. a team that you think could be competitive. Uh, and a rationale behind it, the Crimson Tide have played four games decided by four points or fewer this season, yep. including all three matchups against ranked teams. Yep. A double-digit spread is even harder to cover without the aura and intimidation that's been attached to Nick Saban's teams for more than a decade. I mean, it's true. Woo. Their defense has struggled in all these matchups. Like, Texas a is not good, and they should have lost that game. <laughs> like, they yeah. should have lost it, like... And uh, who was the other team that took them right and to the Texas, well, Texas, 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 and yeah. that was without Ewers. Like the guy Ewers wasn't playing. They had weren't they on like their second or third string quarterback, and they should have lost. If the guy doesn't over pursue Rice Young, Alabama loses that game, like a hundred percent. Oh, hey, they've been uh, just highly vulnerable by uh, any standard that we're accustomed to. Uh, they're usually blowing these teams out of the water. Games are over in the first quarter, and they got the backups in there yep. uh, by the time you get around. To the second half. All right, so uh, that's an interesting ball game. Uh, I'll be paying some attention to that. Yes. I don't know that I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to watching it, but we'll always be fans of Lane Kiffin ever since we found out from Paul Castronovo, Luby, that he was a fan of our show. Yeah. Which uh, we had on Direct Word, uh, where uh, the uh, very fabled and uh, much more well-known uh, DJ and uh, host of uh, a big, big... Music uh, morning show here in uh, South Florida, for, and been doing it for like thirty years or something. Yep. Uh, same place, a big FM booming signal, uh, big one hundred five point nine. Uh, goes over and, and uh, you know says hello to Lane Kiffin. The he sees gym. him in the gym. They work out at the same gym. Boca yeah, Raton. I, yeah, Kiffin, I right? think still lives in Boca. Like he's, I think he still Why not? loves Boca. Yeah. You know, like he's not trying to live in. Uh, Oxford, in Mississippi, <laughs> <laughs> some big town in Mississippi. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, dance with yes. your dates. I mean, what the hell is going Castronova, on? Castronova, uh, yeah, used to work yeah. out with So Castronova goes over to uh, Lane Kiffin and says, hey, uh, I want to introduce myself. I'm Paul Castronova, big shot DJ in town. And he goes, uh, DJ, you know that guy DeForest in the movie? <laughs> That's funny. That's great. I listen to their show every day. You work in the same place? That's classic. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're that, uh, you're that the forest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll always be fans of Lane Kiffin, and especially in this spot. Yeah. So I'd be inclined to take the 11 and a half, so I'd have a rooting interest in this game. Yeah. And uh, then on top of that, I'm rooting for the outright win and the total mental uh, demolition of one Nick Saban. Yeah, third loss. Has he had three losses since? I, mean, I know that first year or two years he struggled a little. Like, I don't think he's had at three Alabama? losses since then. Uh, I, I can't imagine that he had three losses because, remember, he inherited, like, a really good team, a promising up-and-coming team from Mike Shula. That was part of the thing that Don Shula despised him for, besides the fact that he was Nick Saban, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and deserving of every mount and every bit of that animosity that Shula spewed in his direction. But, uh, 
when he, you know, took over Mike for Mike Shula, everybody thought that was going to be like a breakthrough year that first year under Saban for Mike Shula because he was sort of knocking on the door there a little bit, Louie. Yes. When he, was getting there. he had done decent recruiting. He hadn't done Saban type stuff, but he had done decent recruiting. He, he was losing games in bizarre fashion. He just wasn't winning. Game. Like, that was a problem. Yeah. He, he, he snake bit. He, he was a yes. little snake bit when it yes. came to getting wins. I think it's a record. It was enough to justify the, uh, you know, wrath of. Uh, you know, and the impatience of the uh, Alabama alumni and uh, have them go, you know who we need? Nick Saban. <laughs> and to his credit, I mean, Saban, uh, for all of the uh, derision that, you know, uh, was directed in his direction as uh, he was leaving the Miami Dolphins and, you know, wouldn't admit that he was going to become the Alabama, you know, Crimson Tide head coach, which he had no idea until the immediate day after the season. And he said, whoa, look magic. at this. It was magic. <laughs> A contract right here. That was the best. That was magic. That was great. I, I don't know. He was in a rough spot there. I didn't necessarily hold that against him so much. It was just a smarmy nature in the way that he treated people, which made it impossible to have any respect for this man. Uh, so that's what it was. So where... his first year, they were seven and six because I think oh, okay. FSU did beat them that year. Then the next year, they're 12 and two. <laughs> then Ever since. His 2010, they did lose three games. So 2010 was the last time they lost three games. Okay. That's now 12 Let's years hope, ago. Uh, 2022, <laughs> a dozen years later, it happens again to the schmuck. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would never use, I mean, anything that Nick Saban endorsed. I, uh, I guess no. I'm in the minority there. I agree with you. Right? Because what, uh, what is it? Is it Geico? Insurance? I mean, is it State uh, Farm? What, what? I think it's State Farm. Oh, Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's uh, Affleck. Yeah, because the duck will yeah. fight the goat. The duck and the goat hate <laughs> each other. <laughs> and they had to bring a Neon Dion to save his ass because uh, he has no appeal whatsoever <laughs> in terms of Q rating. Nick Saban. Who, who's going to listen to Nick Saban besides the recruits? That's it. That, that's honestly Maybe his it. assistant coaches. Otherwise, nobody wants to hear from this guy. No, no, no. Does anybody pal around with Nick Saban? Does he hang out with Jimmy Johnson and Belichick? No. No. They hate him like poison. Honestly. Right? Yeah. Even Two guys that are very much, you know, have some very uh, close similarities and parallels mm-hmm. to Nick Saban in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, coaching style and approach and yep, uh, you yep. know, the bravado that it takes to be successful in a game. And, and uh, they can't stand a guy. Nope. Wasn't he on uh, Belichick's staff? Yes. Well, a young Nick Saban was on, that, was on the Browns. And you still don't, you don't right. really hear of them intermingling. They would think no, they could... no, you never hear Belichick mention him at a press conference. <laughs> but that, yet again, he doesn't say anything at a press conference. Say, you're going off of that. Who, who mumbled more at press conferences, Shaq or uh, Nick, uh, Bill Belichick? Shaq, not so much at press conferences, but uh, whenever there were reporters the po- the, 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 the Shaq postgame, I, when I started covering the Heat, Shaq was, it was like the last year with Shaq. It, covering him doing an interview was the most, you didn't understand what the fuck he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> like you're right there, you're like, what? He <laughs> was like Benicio Del Toro. Is that the guy's name? Yes, yes, uh, yes, and the yes, usual yes. suspects, you yes, know, where yes, he yes. just devised and ad libbed his uh, way into mumbling through the whole thing. And yet you were fascinated <laughs> by the character. It added a lot that you couldn't understand a word the guy was saying. <laughs> Maybe we should practice that. <laughs> we, do. we may be there already, the, we the, the way this show is going. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Looking at the schedule, Other Tennessee comes else. back against Missouri. They should kill them, kill uh, 21 them, point yeah. favorites. LSU, Arkansas, very interesting. Luby, in and uh, unanimous. Everybody is willing to lane three uh, with the yeah. LSU in this ballgame. Arkansas, so Arkansas has fallen off a cliff. Arkansas, the second 
after the beginning of the year, sort of just become a disaster. Why is that line so low? I mean, LSU's I don't know. on the road. It must be at Arkansas. And, it you know, SEC Arkansas. road games, it's a tough environment. Right. I mean, I Three-point spread, uh, it's uh, of the uh, seven people. Three of them has it, have it as one of their best bets. Go ahead, lay the yeah. three with LSU. I mean, LSU's Unanimous right across the board uh, that that game is going in that direction. And then uh, else that's what? You have uh, oh, I, you know, the Miami-Georgia Tech game is interesting to me because Georgia Tech's not good. And Miami yeah. is really licking their wounds right now. Like To me, if, they, if FSU wasn't where they were going to fix it, but maybe Georgia Tech, <laughs> like maybe this is the week that they, they, they get it. Georgia Tech already fired their coach. They've struggled. They have had quarterback issues with injuries. That would be a place where I, even I would be like, maybe Miami. Maybe. Maybe Miami figures it out this week. Their defense has actually been pretty good outside of last week. I'm going to give you my overwhelming underdog parlay yes. in college football. Okay. Here. I'm stealing this uh, from this Howie Kasoy here. But, right. uh, and our good friend Jim Sony, I think, is fascinated by gigantic point spreads. Okay. Which way would you go when you're getting like 40 points? Mm-hmm. So uh, you have uh, Indiana getting 39 and a half from Ohio State. Oh, what do you Jesus. think about that? Oh, At what point do the Buckeyes <laughs> call the dogs off? <laughs> Are you willing to go ahead and take 39 and a hook? No, and something I've learned. If somehow, and you know how these games start. Indiana starts out, and they get like a mysterious a uh, streak of lucky plays, yeah. and they get in the field goal range, and the guy boots a line drive that just gets over the hands yeah. of the oncoming uh, defensive line yep. and, and somehow uh, squibs its way through the uprights, and it's 3 nothing Indiana, and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm up 42 <laughs> and a hook. Because you need that that that. Bogus score that, that yeah. you know starts the game for the underdog in those kind of situations. And now you know they're not going to score again at the rest of the That's game. The it's going to be all Ohio State. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it's so when other- did they call it off? I mean, uh, you know, and, and you're sitting there at the end of the game going, my God, if they score again, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something I've learned from the professor, because a lot of the times nowadays you'll see yeah. these handicapping shows handicap the stupidest shit. Like yeah. they'll have the backup point guard over under three assists. And it's like, why yes. would I give a shit about the The prop bets are, are, are going to bury America. So, but he uses this line, like, why would I want to watch the Sacramento Kings to see what their backup point guard does? So that's my problem is. With a bet like that, you now either have to watch or keep an eye on, like you with FIU and La Tech. I yeah. now have to keep an eye on Indiana, Ohio State. Like, do I really want to keep an eye on Indiana, Ohio State? <laughs> I, I don't, but uh, I mean, 39 and a hook there, your temptation is to stay. That's an awful lot of points to swallow if uh, you're Ohio State. And Andy's All not right, wrong. Uh, and uh, Colorado, uh, USC. Colorado is getting 34 and a USC's half. defense isn't good. You actually brought it up From the other day. From a defenseless USC You team. brought it the other day, and someone was raging. because they're, they're horrible. They're rated higher than Oregon right now, and I don't get it. Yeah. Oregon's been dominant on both sides. Like, their defense sucks. <laughs> and the Cal's not good, and they almost lost that game. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, that's, that's an interesting spread. I mean, Colorado's been horrendous, but... Okay. I mean, it's a lot of points because uh, uh, th- there's a, an example of a game where Colorado could easily put up 10 points. All right. So uh, does USC, uh, you know, if they're up 35 to 10 late in the ball game, do, do they continue to press to, to go ahead and cover the spread? Um, you know, that's what you're counting on. You're hoping that uh, the underdog in this spot can score a couple of times. If they, yes. if they get, uh, you know, that's two really field you goals, you're, you're, you're feeling pretty good about it. Because that's the thing is, a team like Ohio State, look – so what you saw with FSU last week, once you're up big as a fourth, you got to put your backups in. You just sort of have to. Yeah. And if you're out of state in the third quarter. But until then, you're going. 
So they can score 52 points and a half. So that's your yeah. thing is you need like two scores. If you can get two scores from that team, then you have a nice friggin' cushion that you should cover. It may, like Andy says, it may come down to the wire. But <laughs> no, this is not, I mean, they do come down to the wire. All of these games, it's crazy, especially with gigantic point spreads. Uh, it's almost all. Well, you know, once in a while, you, the other team is playing well enough, and, uh, you know, the uh, the heavy favorite is kind of, you know, pissing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're looking at a game where you're getting 35, and the score is uh, 27 to 10. Yeah. In the third quarter, and you're thinking, okay, well, we know who's going to win the game, but uh, it's not going to be the bludgeoning that everybody, you know, that had gone ahead and laid the points would have anticipated. Those are those are weird propositions that have been into. <clears throat> you're right, though. I mean, uh, it, it's I'm surprised Biden hasn't factored this in about the price of gasoline proposition bets, yep. which I think is contributing to inflation and, and the devaluation <laughs> of the dollar. <laughs> Because every day they, they, they list a whole bunch of them, right? It's and like I'm like, who bets this shit? <laughs> it's like the randomest Whether McNabb is going to have more than 62 and a half, uh, you know, when he was running the football yeah. or whatever. And now you have uh, Jalen Hurts, let's say. Yep, yep. Whether he's going to have uh, 62 and a half yards of rushing in a game. And you're like, over under. I don't know. What the hell? I mean, how many times is this cat going to run the ball? He takes off. He figure one. He breaks a couple of tackles there yeah, and, uh, you yeah. know, runs for 30 yards. Okay, you still need 35 more yards or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, of course, Fields was a good bet on that proposition. Uh, whatever the over-under was there, it had yeah, to be eclipsed. Yeah, when he gained 173 yards from the quarterback position it's against the Miami Dolphins' vaunted defense. Things are vaunted right, now. with their new acquisition, right? Bradley Chubb is out there. Well, he's a pass rusher, but... Uh, yeah, he's supposed to help. We'll see. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, those bets are, like, weird. <laughs> it's like... I wouldn't even know. I didn't even know they're still playing. It's always it's always a guy that I didn't know was still in the league. I'm like that yes. guy's still in the league. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you monitoring that? Like I said, you put five dollars on a game, and well, it adds about. overwhelming intrigue. Yes. And, and in terms of your you know desire to follow the most uh, minute point about the ball game, all of a sudden you're making coaching decisions long before the head coach. As I said, it's time for him to think something through. God. And you're cursing and yelling and screaming. And as I said, it brings out the worst in all of your character. Yep. Five stinking bucks. I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I find out myself. It, it, even with a mind bet. I was going to say, I've seen you get mad at mind bets. Mind bets? <laughs> like, I don't have any money on this. Maybe I'm getting punchy like Adam Sandler was last night. As, uh, I mean, you know what's funny is that a guy could persist in front of 2,500 people. To uh, do a show that you're looking at and you're going, this show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, he's just plowing right through it as if it was great. And, and the people, I guess, I don't know. They like it. No, people like it. I'm telling you, people they like it. Love it. The specials they do absolutely, well. They were loving it. The, uh, the guy's well. mumbling and, uh, you know, just I, I'll say, I mean, whatever he did, it seemed like it was, it wasn't like it was just haphazardly done. Yeah, he had a lot of coordinated production and different yep, yep, things yep, with yep. the, uh, you know, the songs, the parody songs, but uh, weak, weak all the way. <laughs> all right. As maybe you thought we were today. And we do apologize once again for not having a highly apart trivia challenge. Our Believe podcast, uh, the great Brandon Lang, always a hoot. Over under on, uh, here's a prop bet, over under on Tranny Mention. Oh, the actual nine and a half seconds. Oh, yeah, when? Because I, I can't tell you how many. When? Yeah, I would say. Nine and a half seconds in. Within nine and a half, over under. I would say over because last week he hammered it. Like I've noticed, the weeks he goes really after it. The next week yeah. he'll be slow because we've had weeks where he didn't mention it till the twenty minute mark. So I would say I would go over. I'll go over All this right. week. 
It's always great, though, and great insight. Six one and one yeah, last yeah, week on the selections. I mean, they really, uh, you know, and, and you want to hear a guy, if he does give you logic, if you agree with that logic, then, yeah. okay, go ahead and make the play, maybe. Yep, yep. But if you think the guy is full of shit, or, or maybe he's convinced you that your opinion is not necessarily the right one, or maybe you lay out it again. Yep, that, exactly. That's possible. Exactly. But, uh, you know, there's nothing like being emboldened by uh, some handicapper that you have great respect for. And uh, he outlines a game, and you say, wow, that's exactly the way I see it, man. But I didn't know about the fact that they were like 17-1 and against the spread all time in situations where they're coming out of a loss when there was a full moon and people were eating a lot of blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Mark Lawrence. That Mark Lawrence would go into the trends, and it's like, wow, good for you. You knew what vegetable they liked in the but, summertime. Uh, you know, what I like about Lang is he incorporates a lot of these different uh, elements uh, trends, into his yeah. handicapping theories, including gut instinct. Uh, and you know what? The best handicapping method is what What do you see? If you saw Florida State and Miami, you had to go with Florida State in that game, laying any amount of points. I know it's after the fact, easy to say, but, wow, the, the Hurricanes have looked horrible all year long, even in victory, and, and Florida State's made a representative uh, showing in, in virtually every game. Yes. You know, you could have made a case that they could have. And what? They beat LSU, right? Yes, they did beat LSU. Well, Open actually, the they dominated LSU and gave up where they almost lost, but they did win. Yeah. Yes, they did beat LSU, who's now seventh in the country. All right. Uh, we have to run. We do. Pickleball, uh, big on the mind of uh, Jim Sarney. Sarney. It's I, I think the game I blows. I really do. I don't care. I, I don't even. Want, I, I don't want to watch celebrity pickleball. I don't want to see pickleball played at the park. No, I mean, you, if you're playing it, and you're enjoying you it. You can play great. it. My dad loves it. It's like the video game. Yeah. Where have all these video games gone that were on TV? Yeah. Away. Same thing. Away. It's a fact. I mean, I think it's something that won't go away as being played. But no, I, no. People, it's a great pickleball. participation sport for a lot of people, I, and, I, I'm and I'm all fine. for that. Go for it. No one's watching this. No, but the game stupid. itself, I mean, it sucks. The ball doesn't even come off the ground. All right, no uh, I mean, I, why not just play bocce? <laughs> right. well, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Degenerate Friday, later on, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, and then uh, Brandon Lang on our Believe podcast. Yes. That'll be posted. B-L-E-A-V Networks at about 11 o'clock. After hours. Morning. After hours. After hours, it's called, uh, with Defoe and Luby. And uh, I think you're going to love it if you haven't tuned in before. Uh, you're familiar with Lang from being on these, uh, these shows with us over the years, and he is a hoot. And we will see you later on with Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, 12 o'clock today, right here on South Florida Live as we leave. You know that. The time. It's 8.58. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.